Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Marks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're doing Essex E17, We've All Got Baggage. This is written by Oliver Goldstick, directed by Paula Hunziker. Hey, it's Paula. We interviewed her a few months back about directing this episode, before she directed it, I believe, and now she has. Mm-hmm. So this should be fun to see what she's been up to. Um little bit of follow-up uh pll fan on our website page we were talking about the uh significance of that photo of young alley last week mm. like what it meant uh they theorized that this was about uh emily being sad about not being able to, to help the couple start a family like something to do with her eggs her eggs it's a good interpretation apparently like eggs instead of eggs is like a canadian thing like, i keep seeing these people mention uh, Shay Mitchell's Canadian accent, which I've just never had that sort of ear for accents. I'm like, oh, it sounds normal to me. What's that about? Yeah. My eggs. Hmm. Sorry. I don't got anything else. No, no. I like that interpretation. It's good. Okay. Well, let's uh, jump on into some eggs and uh, toast and uh, croissant. Um, apparently, Sarah Harvey ordered brunch, even though she doesn't like brunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, she apparently went full crazy rock star in this uh, hotel room of hers. We opened up there um, with the liars coming into Sarah's room that's been vacated and trashed. Uh, well, spe- specifically Emily, Allie, and Hannah. Reminding us that the, the theme of this season's wardrobe is like tiki god Hawaiian adventure. And flowers, yeah, lots of flowers. Emily is wearing like tropical shorts and a t-shirt and jean jacket. Hannah's wearing like a tropical blazer. And Allison looks like she's wearing like the Dark Mirror Universe version of tro- Hannah's tropical blazer. Yeah, Hannah and Allie are dressed like similarly. Not not like super like exact, but similar enough that it's noticeable. Yeah. Uh yeah, so they look around at like this this mess that Sarah's left, and Emily's straight up like, whoa. And Allison's like, did she check out or get hurled out? I mean, there's a shocking amount of room service trays flung about. Yeah, it looks disgusting. There's just, like, old food everywhere, like, on the bed, on the floor. Uh, like, the, all the sheets are ripped off the bed and all over the place. Um, it Which, looks pretty gross. It's pretty impressive to think that someone might have done this with only their feet. hmm <laughs> <laughs> And so, Emily, who's really just, just getting in there, she's like, this is what the inside of Sarah Harvey's head must look like. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and Hannah says, I would have made her lick the carpet before she left. Crazy. And, uh, Emily says, okay, let's show Allie the closet. Cause I guess they're like going to prove to Allie that Shara Harvey's evil or something. Everything's on the nose here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Emily is, is determined. She's basically in the Spencer role because Spencer's not there, which, uh, theory. Uh, and Hannah's just like, she looks off at something and she's like, ah. Oh, who leaves coleslaw in the middle of the floor? Phrasing. Yeah. And he's like, Hannah, closet. So they open up the closet, which uh, appears to not have a giant hole in it anymore. Even though Emily like goes back to look. Like, ooh, maybe it's behind this bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. And Allison says, 
When he asks the front desk, did they know why she left so fast? So I guess Sarah left and Hannah says, What do you think? She's not racing off to a messy as anonymous meeting. She knows we're onto her. And he's like, It's gone. There's no hole. Nothing behind that bathrobe. <laughs> um, and you can see it, it looks like like a perfectly normal wall. Like it's you know, maybe repainted. Like it's totally smooth. There's no hint at all that there used to be a hole here. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, What? That's impossible. And Ellie says, there's not even a seam where the hole used to be. And Ellie's like, guys, maybe this wasn't her room. And Ellie's like, don't. Stop cutting Sarah any slack. And Ellie's just like, the fuck? <laughs> and Ellie says, hey, I don't care how much she claimed to have loved Charlotte like a sister. That girl has two faces. <laughs> or maybe they're twins. Hmm. Or maybe she literally has two faces. <laughs> uh, so there's like a beep and we hear that the, the door to the hotel room opens Allison there's kind of freak out thinking fast Allison like steps into the closet with them like shutting the door to hide them <laughs> crazy and, yeah we see the the housekeeping cart pushing into the room and it seems like a like an older maid is coming in with it so in the closet the three girls are trying to figure out what to do and Allison's like we should leave and Hannah's like no you guys if my mom finds out that I use that key card and Emily's like still feeling up the wall like looking <laughs> it's like I feel like Emily's just like I can even turn on a wall that's how sexy I am uh, Allison's like we don't have to introduce ourselves we just have to walk out the door I should mention they're all like shouting at each other yeah <laughs> those yeah. maids like 12 feet away classic liars um, mm-hmm. Hannah keeps like checking through the crack in the door watching as the maid is walking past and Emily's like stop patting that wall and Hannah's finally like Emily stop and Anna's like, I'm not leaving until we can go back down there. Okay, she doesn't even believe it exists. And Allison's like, I didn't say that. I'm just trying to understand why she would stalk you. Couldn't they just take her around the side and take her in that it, way? Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, seemingly Spencer and Arnia did not go back up the ladder. I'm like, trying to remember, was the ladder there when they went to bust Emily at the end of the last episode? They don't know. Or was, we that, don't know. was that where the trouble came from? I mean, once you've accidentally felt up Emily in the dark, you don't care about ladders. That's true. You've moved on. Um, so Emily's like, because she thinks we have something to do with Charlotte's murder. She thinks we know who did it. And Hannah's like, shh. And Emily's like, are you the shusher this week or am I? <laughs> uh, so Hannah like watches as the maid goes into like another room as part, of, uh, as part of the suite. It's like the bathroom, I think. Yeah. And Hannah's like, all right, let's move. So the three girls rush out of closet and like race over and like run out the door and shut the hotel door room behind them, which alerts the maid. She comes back out of their other room. Kind of catches that, goes back to her cart. We get like a good glimpse of the maid's face for a moment. Uh, curly hair, big glasses, big lips, kind of a like a melted nightmare version of Sarah Harvey's face a little bit. She comes around the cart, and then we kind of get like the shot where we're looking at the cart as the maid's latex gloved hands set down those big glasses, and then after a slight tearing sound, Mission Impossible mask size, or mm-hmm. like, like style, they toss down that big fake mask that they were wearing. Oh, shit. Oh, it wasn't actually the maid. It was A the whole time. A who's like, yeah, I can hear you. I guess I'll go in the other room so you can leave. Well, it's like... I actually have my own shit to do here. Yeah, I was just like, if the liars had like kept up the, the the debate much longer would have a like seriously cleaned the room <laughs> it's just like it's gonna be like that huh <laughs> they're just like literally shouting at each other in the other yeah. room it's like i am kind of a neat freak yeah um yeah so <laughs> he I, has to like pretend to be like uh like hard of hearing or something then so <laughs> I, I just looked um there is no ladder at the end of the last episode when emily is in there and like hannah and ari catch her Okay. So maybe that's why, like, I don't know, she really has to prove to herself that the place existed or something. Hmm. So uh, the credits uh, in your face, Hannah. Uh, Emily is indeed the shusher this mm-hmm. week. So Spencer should be next week. 
So after the credits, we're in Spencer's barn. It's day. Spencer's like in the the bedroom area, like folding something away, and Caleb's on the couch. I've uh, taken Spen- to calling this place the Spaloop Fuck Barn. It's definitely like a love shack for realsies. Yeah. Um, She's Spencer's- in a, a nightgown. He's dressed. Yeah, uh, he closes his laptop, like gets up, goes over to the kitchen area. She kind of sees that. She's basically been like monitoring him the whole time. So she comes over to him and she's just like, are you giving up? And he's like, nope, it's done. And he's like putting his laptop in his bag. And she's like, seriously? And he's like, files corrupted. If they want to leak your mom's medical report, they're going to have to break into her doctor's office again. She's like, and you're sure that nobody in the Phillips, the Phillips camp could ever trace this back to you? No way. I mean. They might find an exit node, but they'll never figure out where it originated. The anonymizer software disseminates traffic to multiple sources, and uh, I just put you to sleep. Spencer had been like, you know, a true elite hacker would have said he's behind seven proxies. Yeah. But she's like, no, no, I'm not, because on the contrary. So now Spencer's both horny and hungry. Um, and she's like, it's just, I don't think that this is just going to go away. You know, my mom could still be ambushed right before the election, which is in like three episodes. Well, you know, we never really discussed like the, the HIPAA implications of leaking medical reports can you do that in a campaign i mean it shit happens right but isn't that like illegal though uh, well yeah it's 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 all illegal it's just how you do it i guess yeah um and so Caleb's like you're right but if you tell her that then she's gonna want to know how you learned about her being sick and if you open that box such so as like she's got enough to worry about also plausible deniability mm-hmm. <laughs> that's their safe word mm-hmm. caleb says hey Let's make you some breakfast. You need protein. Fingernails can only supply so much. So she, he's just leading her to the kitchen. She looks at him and she's like, "You need protein, Jesus yeah. Christ!" <laughs> hey, phrasing something nine iron. Well, uh, Caleb, he's really like ruining it for the rest of us bros here. He's like making her breakfast every morning. Like, do you ever just maybe have some like Greek yogurt or something? Like, you gotta fucking cook every day. So, so you want her like on like day three of the week she's just like looking over him like hey what about breakfast and he's like are your legs fucking broken kitchen's over there got some uh some yogurt here with a little granola you can sprinkle in it today i'm essence of i'm gonna sit on the fucking couch and watch you make breakfast how about that yeah (laughs) um so she looks at him kind of suspicious about what he said and she's like when did you see me chew my fingernails he's like in your sleep you went after mine first and she's like no and he's like Yes. So, is this sexy or just gross? Oh no, it is both. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I, just, I just like I have the weirdest boner right now. I just see her like leaning, like he's got like a hand on his chest, like he looks <laughs> over. She's like leaning for it, and he's just like, "Oh, this is new." And then no, literally, she starts chopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Toby told me about this, and I didn't think it was real. Or that it was remotely this erotic. Really so, need to evaluate a lot of this shit Toby told me now. So, uh, yeah, so she says no. He says yes. And he laughs and they start kissing. And it's not just kissing, but like kissing in the way that they just know they're the hottest fucking thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then. <laughs> and then Emily walks in. Emily, by the way, she's wearing like these short little brown booties and some sort of like jumper situation, like a blue jumper that she has like unzipped halfway to her navel. Because her and Hannah are going to all be about like the so, plunging necklines in this episode. The the rough theme overall of fashion this season is floral, fauna, plants. There's a for Aria, it's just like straight up like eighties. <laughs> I mean, someone pointed out that like really her outfit last week was like straight up April O'Neil. 
Mm, yeah. And then there's also like, well, I mean, this is probably not a new thing for PLL, but like, let's see how much leather we can uh, comfortably <laughs> work into things. Yeah, true. Oh, and yeah, Emily here. She's like unzipped halfway. She comes in. She sees this and she's kind of a little embarrassed. I think she's probably still Team Haleb. Like, this is probably a little weird for her. Yeah. And she's just like, oh. And she's like, uh, hey. So they pull apart. Um, I saw people saying online, like, like apparently this happens to Emily a lot. I'm blanking yeah. on, like, what other time she's watching uh, people. Andrew and Spencer. Oh, okay. Like, doing strip, strip poker when she brought them yeah, up. Also, counts. Jordan and Hannah mere episodes ago did she yeah yeah and they like kept making out and she's just like <clears throat> okay yeah all right i remember that now yeah jordan no jordan I mean, this episode. what i want is like in the next three episodes for her to finally walk in on like allison and rollins and emily's just like nope never again i think she Fuck just pro- projectile this. vomits yeah like pushes a table out over mm-hmm. on her way out so yeah, Spencer, Spencer, Caleb stop and they see her, and Spencer's like, "Emily, hey, come in," and she's like, "Sorry, to interrupt," and he's like, "No, you're not. Uh, you hungry?" <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. He's like, "No, you're not. Uh, you hungry?" <laughs> and Emily says, "I can't stay. I've got to get to the bursar's office at Hollis. I had never heard the term bursar before. Uh, oh, really? I don't know. I have a BA. Apparently, it's a college thing." Uh, Emily seems a little tense, and Sp- Spencer's picking up on this because it's her tulpa here. And she says, "What's wrong?" And Emily says, "Can you go back down with me?" Brazing. We'll fi- yeah, <laughs> we'll find another way to get down there. And Spencer says, "Emily, stop." And Emily says, "I know, but if Sarah Harvey is hiding under the hotel, I mean, what is she planning next? What is she like, like fucking Gollum under that hotel? <laughs> Basically, my precious." <laughs> Spencer says, "Don't do this to yourself, okay?" She may have had nothing to do with the fertility clinic. She's just playing on your fear. In the meantime, Caleb, he's kind of just getting himself some coffee, but he's like, he's doing this thing where he's like trying to just smolder in the background. Like he's, he's, he knows his place. He's keeping quiet. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to stand here. Emily says, yeah, well, it's working. Okay. It's not like someone stole my chapstick. This person may be storing my future offspring in a styrofoam cooler. And if the police don't come up with a suspect soon, and Sarah's going to think we're withholding information. Well, it's, you know, this is an interesting thing. Like that episode where this happened of Emily's eggs, I felt like my impression from what they said was that the cooler failed, everything in there went bad. I and think just, Emily's just assuming from threats and whatnot that A has them. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I wonder what is the case, much like the, the golf club. But like, uh, I, I just assumed that it all like spoiled, which yeah, I don't know what that smells like, but it doesn't sound anything spoiled doesn't sound good. Well, I think but, Spencer's like Emily. I would take this just as seriously as somebody stole my chapstick, because <laughs> I cannot abide by things yeah. like that. She says, "Okay, but we're not withholding anything." And then uh, Spencer and Caleb they both kind of look at each other here. They don't say anything, and Emily notices. She's like, whoa, whoa, "What was that look?" And now they look super guilty. And Emily's like, "You guys know something." Oh, what? And Spencer says, no, we know nothing unless this suitcase is broken. And he's like, what? And Caleb's like, the pull-up handle is missing a rod. Could have been used as a weapon to crack someone's neck in a world where those rods are made of titanium. Well, Emmy's face is just like, holy shit, the missing piece. <laughs> it Fucking all Melissa. makes sense yeah. now. It's just like, okay, can we please not go there? Melissa wasn't even in town the night Charlotte was murdered. 
And Emily's like, are you sure about that? So I'm just like, Emily, my mother's election is two weeks away. And Emily's like, I get it. But if Melissa had, and Sunshine's like, what? Never wanted to watch Charlotte walk the streets again? I mean, that pretty much covers everyone who loves us. Should we add your mom to the suspect list too? And Emily's Ooh. just like, you bitch. Emily's just like, low blow. Yeah. Caleb's um, just like, not saying anything. Don't yeah. mind me. <laughs> I, uh, first fallacy is the idea that Melissa would do anything out of love. <laughs> well, she did bury a body. Out true, of true, love true. For Spencer. Although, I like, I was like that love think... so much as just like, I don't know, like a sense of familial obligation? But also, I think partially is like, Melissa's like, if anyone asks, I did this for my sister, but mm-hmm. really, I just want to bury this bitch. I'm crazy. Um, then we hear Arya's voiceover playing over the end of that as we transition to uh, the nook in the rat- the Radley lobby there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of J cuts in this episode. And so Arya is, is sitting with Lehman. She's wearing high heels, a floral skirt, and a white shirt that has like old Sanskrit letters on it that spell out the apocalypse is coming. Yeah, her floral skirt. It's these little like daisy type flowers, but like in the middle, there's these giant like rhinestone jewels. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like those things are, like, about the size of a quarter. Like, these just big, plasticky, you know, diamond things. I mean, that's a pretty crazy look. <laughs> Even Which by Arya's standards. Something we've never said about mm-hmm. Arya before. Arya's fucking out it. Yeah, she's talking to Sad Bastard Liam here, Liam here and she says, uh, I don't know how to handle this. And he says, you have to tell him. And she says, how? Liam, he spent the last week pounding out chapters. And Liam says... But if he ships them to Boston before you speak to him, and Ari's like, he won't. He wants to speak to me first. He wants feedback. She kind of leans back. She crosses her arms. This sign. This is a fucking Lucy Hale tour de force episode, it should be said. She is at at times vengeful and cutting and adorable and vulnerable and just really put out by everything. She's kind of owned this half season, I feel like. Uh, She has some lines later, like, I just feel like her character is just going in these like totally weird, unexpected directions. Yeah. Well, they've basically written her two parts. Like whatever part involves her acting out dialogue, and then like the the untold paragraphs that she says of her face. Well, I feel like she's getting more of like the Spencer type lines. Like Spencer's too busy like with Spalib, yeah. and so she kind of gets the funny lines now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's just very frustrated by all this. And Liam says, "Did you sleep at all last night?" And Hardy's like, "I'll sleep when I'm unemployed." She has her game face on. It's like, yeah. watch out, Liam. Yeah. And he yeah. says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Jillian's going to fire me. And Liam says, or give you a book contract. She loved what you wrote. And Ari says, because she thought that Ezra wrote it. Liam says, okay, one step at a time. First, tell the author. Hopefully, he'll be flattered. And Ari's like, flattered. And Liam says, then he'll call, call her boss. Tell her he's had an epiphany and he wants to take the story in another direction. Arya says, I think the word is betrayed. Liam's like, Arya, two weeks ago, this dude is pouring rum on his cornflakes. And she kind of just blinks at this, like, mm, there. And Liam says, he's lucky that someone who once sat in the back of this classroom actually cares enough to save his reputation. <laughs> and Arya's like, it's it's not that simple. And for a moment here, it seems like maybe she's like about to spill. Well, he almost does his version of the eye narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she kind of pauses, and he seems like he's maybe picking up on something. But instead, she just she she decides again and shakes her head and she says, "I'm going to tell him this afternoon." Can you imagine, like you're an actor and you've just been cast <laughs> to play 
Arya's latest victim, I mean, boyfriend. And like, you show up on set and you're just like, you're just like rubbing your hands together, like giddy, because you're just like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the fucking eye narrow <laughs> right back at her and see what she does. Um, but I feel like, like, there's probably so many takes of those lines. Like, Arya, two weeks ago, this guy was such an alcoholic that he was wearing diapers as he was being kicked out of this very lobby. Oh, God. Ezra is so fucking awful in this episode. Um, so do you think maybe Liam is like trying to like prod Arya in a direction he wants her to go in? Yes. That is like, what I've been saying. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, does he maybe know the truth already and he kind of like wants to give her the opportunity to come clean or something? I, I'm sure that he suspects. I don't think, I don't think he consciously has decided that hmm. yes this is what's happening okay. i do believe that any umbrage he takes later is genuine but i do feel like i don't want to say it's like he has ulterior motives but i don't think liam's an idiot yeah um but yeah so meanwhile at lucas's loft hannah's having like a, a little personal shopper fashion like show for Ella. bridal shower or yeah. show or yeah and she's like this one hasn't even hit the stores yet i called in a favor <laughs> And we had to say, did somebody say shower? <laughs> and oh, then uh, the other kind. Yeah. yeah she scurries past the vent. <laughs> uh, we started on Hannah and there's like a nice pan to the side of her, like seeing her talking, like Ella talking to her in the mirror. It's an interesting way to frame a conversation. Uh, so Ella's just like, it's lovely. Silk. And Hannah's like, yeah. And if you want it, you can pair it with that, that beaded bolero, unless you think it's too mother of the bride. And I was like, this mother is a bride. This did thing looks like a big like toga, by the way. Yeah, she's like, did you bring this these all back from New York? Um, she says this is like Hannah's like going through quite a few other like dresses on racks, and I'm like, did she just straight up steal these? Well, yeah, because uh, Hannah's like, yeah, psh, I tried to grab everything without running into my former boss. Like, how? Like, did you just go steal them? Like, can you just go take these like seemingly like prototype dresses? Like, you just like willy nilly snatching them? Well, and like, did she have Jordan's driver drive her up there? Like, did they pull mm -hmm. up and she's just like, keep it close, keep it running. When I come running out, <laughs> be ready. Well, also, she probably the took the jag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just get like Lucas's like fingerprints all over this too. Um, yeah. So well, she uh, just walks in. She's like, yeah, I need all these dresses. And like Greta or whoever is just like, um, do you still work here? And she's like, shh. So then Hannah's like cell phone rings. She kind of picks it up, checks it, uh, denies it. It's Jordan. Uh, and I was like, you can get that. And Hannah's like, oh, no, it's Jordan. He'll call back. Arch. And I was like, no, please answer it. I mean, I feel guilty that I'm making you do all this when you have your own wedding. And Hannah's like, no, this is work. And you're doing this now. We haven't even set a date yet. So um, do you want to try something on or I just totally strike out? All right now I was thinking, wait, am I paying you? Yeah. Ella's just like, fuck, I can't afford you. <laughs> Uh, Ella's like, I can't afford your ego. Ella's like, no, no, not at all. You did a fabulous job. It's just when Byron and I first got married, um, we were very determined to not be traditional. So we rented a barn and we were basically dressed up like cow hands. That's about the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like a real that sounds, wedding. That sounds awful. Well, it's like, and it's just like, I'm firing myself. Can you please go away now? Well, I mean. You know, the fact that Byron is, like, such a, an incredulous scumbag in their marriage is, like, it's it makes much more sense, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, earlier when Hannah mentioned not setting the date, Ella has this look on her face, like, 
Do you think maybe she's kind of reading Hannah's brain right now? She doesn't say anything, but I wonder if she's picking up on it a little. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Ella's pretty perceptive about that kind of thing. So so Hannah's like, ha, ha, ha. Well, that's cute. I mean, I love theme weddings. And like Hannah's like sits on the couch talking to her. And I was like, it wasn't a theme. It was just two cynical college kids with no money and a skewed sense of what was romantic. We made my mom sit on a keg. Classy. I wonder if this is the uh, the grandma that already talks about who's got like the weird like mole chin hair. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, what did she wear? And Ella says, this time I want to feel more like a bride and I want to feel elegant. And it's like, I can do elegant. And Ella says, I know you can. Can you show me what you've picked out for yourself or is that a state secret? And a little uneasiness from Hannah here. And I feel like maybe Ella's fishing with that line. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like the the look she gave her when the wedding was mentioned. It's like this is her, you know, her daughter's tulpa here. I feel like maybe she's picking up on something. And it's like, uh, no, I mean, I, I haven't even thought about what I'm going to wear. I was like, seriously? And your mom already sent out shower invitations and you haven't? And he's like, you know what? I'll be there. <laughs> Give me till the end of the day. I know the dress. And yeah, Hannah stands there as Ella watches Hannah like texting away. You know, I don't even know if it's like. A conscious move by Ella to fish. Like, what if it's just the fact that Ella is Arya's mom and this yeah. is how they are? Mm-hmm. Um, what's really great about a scene between uh Hannah and Ella is that Baker Bro Zach isn't even a fucking like quotient in this. He's not <laughs> mentioned, he doesn't matter. I love yeah. 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 Um yeah. so at that Hollis Burster's office, uh, a lot of the college kids are in line and paying shit, including Emily. Who looks confused by whatever it is she's reading as she stands there in line. And then that reporter asshole, Damien, just up and gets in line next to her. This guy. And he looks over at her and he's like, so sorry to bother. Can I borrow a pen? Obviously pretending. Yeah. And he's like, what? Oh, sure. And she gives him one. He says, thanks. Can I also borrow a thousand dollars? He's like writing a check. And she laughs and she says, I'm lucky if I have enough left to buy a single textbook. He's kind of laughing, and he's looking at her schedule, and he's like, hold it. You're taking intro to psych? And she's like, yeah. And he says, me too. You know, the professor's supposed to be a real trip. He's actually giving a lecture tonight. I was thinking about going and asking a few questions just so I can start off on his good side. You want to join? I'll run my questions past you so I don't sound like the village idiot. And she laughs at this, and he's like, you free? And she's like, uh, yeah. And she smiles. She thinks, oh, I've made a nice new friend. And clearly this guy is just like scamming her for an interview or something. Which, I mean, we all know what what happens to people who betray Emily's trust. This is straight up the fourth sentence he's like said to her is, do you want to come to this complicated, bizarre thing that I'm going to over explain to you? Yeah. I mean, it's like everyone in that line is probably taking intro to psych. You do not need to impress your professor for intro to psych. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, cool. I'm Damien. And Emily's like, cool. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> no, unfortunately, she doesn't say that. She just says Emily. Uh, so they shake hands. I hope she just rips this guy's head off eventually. Like, I, I don't like this guy. And I, I feel like this guy, he's, he would be like, like, we're trying to trick you by making this guy so non-obvious that it's like, ooh, maybe, it's, maybe he's actually a, but he, he, he feels too, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it or something, but I feel like this guy is here. For the clever people to think, oh, he's actually A when he's not. He's just some stupid fucking reporter. Here's a theory. He's just an opportunistic asshole. Well, his name is Damien. He drinks big red soda, you know, like devil emoji. Like, yeah. you know, we, he was in 611. So it's like, oh, he was kind of there just lurking. Maybe you didn't notice him type of thing. But I almost feel like 
it's too perfectly unassuming. I don't know. We shall see. Maybe I'm out overthinking it. He's just out to get revenge for his bro, Egg. I feel like the the evil reporter's been done. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I just I just don't I don't care about a storyline in which the liars yeah. their secrets are unearthed by the local college reporter who may or may not have a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's such a. He seems like an ass. Yeah. Spencer walks in. She's wearing like a black top and a red skirt. And looks characteristically amazing. Uh, and there, speaking of that, is Melissa just chilling at the island. I'll describe that more as a coral skirt. As you do. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's just like, "Hey, when did you get back?" And Melissa's like. Just now. Do you notice that Spencer still has her Apple Watch on? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, Melissa Hastings. I mean, Arya has a lot of good lines in this episode. Melissa Hastings commits grand theft in this episode. Yeah. Grand larceny. She just walks in and walks away with it. <laughs> she's she's stealing everyone's yogurt right mm-hmm. out of their hands. Exactly. Yeah. Just now she got back. And Spencer says, how'd it go? Melissa says, fine, I guess. I need a long hot shower. And she kind of walks off. She's got this like small blue travel bag that she's carrying. Spencer notices it right away. And she says, whose suitcase is that? And this is like mine. Spencer says, what happened to your other one? And this is like, it was broken. I tossed it. And she kind of, she smiles at Spencer very unassumingly. But as soon as she turns away, there's like the scowl on her face as she walks upstairs. Melissa is just like walking, talking, cognitive dissonance to Spencer. Mm -hmm. Like, so she says things and Spencer's just like. I what I I'm there, broken. There's nothing Melissa can do that won't just seem suspicious to. to well, just won't out. won't befuddle. Yeah. I, but I almost want to say that like I feel like she purposely waited in that kitchen that Spencer walked in just to flaunt this new suitcase to blow mm-hmm. her. Like Melissa's been sitting there for three hours just waiting for Spencer to get her ass out of bed. <laughs> um, something about one of her line deliveries in this scene made me briefly think like if you truly were to merge Team Sparia. Would that be Melissa? Hmm. I feel like you're still missing an element. There's something there's something about Toria DeVito's performance that's so big sister. Mm-hmm. Like it's like she will always have power over Spencer, you know? Which even Arya doesn't fully have power yeah. like Mike. Yeah, it's not it's not the same between Arya and Mike. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, she goes upstairs. Veronica comes in from the front of the house. Spence says good morning, and Veronica says it was until I opened my eyes. And she's got like a bunch of papers in hand. She's checking her phone. She's very busy. And Spencer, meanwhile, has got something to say. She takes her like tiny backpack that she's wearing off, and she says, "Do you have time for a coffee?" And Veronica's like, "Oh, honey, I've already had a pot." And she looks at her phone. And she's like, "Oh, geez, Gil, not the Shriners. We're supposed to be hitting up new voters, not resuscitating the dead." And Spencer's just watching her. She's like super tense. Her shoulders are all wound up. You know, finally Veronica notices all this. She says, "What's going on?" You look like a kid who dropped her sucker in the sand. And she's kind of going back to her papers. And then it's like, oh, Spencer's like frozen in place. And she's like, honey, what is it? Spencer says, you should have told us. Veronica's like, told you what? And Spencer says that the cancer came back. And now she has Veronica's attention. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, you kept it from us once when you promised us that it would never happen again. That doesn't sound like a very Hastings thing at all. <laughs> And Veronica's like, the prognosis was good, so there's no reason to worry. Spencer says, there's every reason, Mom. I'm not one of your constituents. Veronica's like, I'm going to be fine, Spencer. How'd you find out about this? And Spencer's like, that doesn't even matter. If, But if I know, you can bet that your opponent's camp knows as well. 
Veronica's like, what do they know? The doctors gave me a clean bill of health. They supported my bid for office. Mm. Spencer says, how about letting me support you? She sits down next to her mom. She's almost pleading. Veronica's kind of, all right, compose myself here. She says, look, I was planning on telling you and Melissa after the election, but Gil, he, he begged me not to share this. It would, it would scare off the voters, hijack the platform. It would be all that anyone ever asked me about. And Spencer says, so what if they did, mom? I work on the Capitol Hill. I know all the traps because I worked there for a whole year. <laughs> uh, running on a platform based on transparency and integrity, a clear, true voice. Uh, do not set yourself up to be blindsided once you get into the office. You know, you're the one who taught me that courage is all about having grace under fire. And she's just turned on the waterworks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, I mean, it doesn't really get any hotter than this. And she kind of like laughs bitterly at that. And Veronica comes to agree with her. And Veronica's like, you're right. Thank you for reminding me why I did this. But she's like, mom, you're going to make a great senator. And Veronica's like, no, I meant why I had kids. You get to make, you get the chance to make people better than yourself. And Spencer's like touched by that. And they hug. <laughs> Veronica's like, I just wish I had stopped after the first kid. Yeah. They <laughs> hug and Veronica whispers in Spencer's ear, I love you. And it's like, it's like this touching, beautiful moment. The two of them just bathed and like, golden light together and it had me again worried that something might happen to veronica well you know what the weird thing about this whole storyline is hmm. a's not involved in it at all at all yet typically a would be holding something over spencer's head here like i'm gonna you better do this or else i leak this yeah you know but now i mean maybe a gets involved later but it's i don't know it feels so tangential in a way i feel like the weird thing about this season is that a isn't doing the thing we expect a to do like we keep waiting for a to kind of be like "Ooh, i know some shit about aria i'm gonna fuck her over and like like a doesn't seem omniscient right now it's not the all-knowing all-seeing a we're used to well i yeah and i feel like in my mind i really haven't seen a fully recover from the blow dealt (laughs) by like caleb two or three episodes ago it's like Old A would never have been fooled by something like that. I, I think if anybody has issue with this season so far, it's because they don't really want to see Training Wheels A mm-hmm. at the latter half of like the sixth season of the show. Um, last thing I'd say about this scene is, you know, of course, of course, I miss Peter Hastings, but I kind of like that Veronica's getting her own storyline here. I think that if anything, it's like her drunken anger at the end of six <laughs> A kind of signaled that she needed one. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, so at Allison's house, Allison's like chilling on the couch, red pen out, grading papers like a teacher. In the background, Rollins is like making breakfast or something. He's definitely getting the OJ out, got lots of OJ out. And then her cell phone beeps and she checks it, and there's an A text. Does the good doctor know why Charlotte ran out of your house emoji that night? And then an add on, I do, and the return of the red devil horns emoji. Definitely emoji. I want to point out that uh, you couldn't see Rollins' hands when that text got sent, just saying. Also, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Grace who jumped on that grenade we threw out there last week, she emailed to say that, yes, she actually is shipping Allison Dr. Rollins, but her reasons primarily deal with wanting to keep Allison settled down and away from the liars, which I think is funny. Hmm. There's one of you. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> but there's not. Um, so after the commercial in the brew. Well, so Allie's just very concerned, like, oh, no. What? Yeah. What what is this big secret about why Charlotte ran out of the house? Which I think we all kind of assume there was like more going on that night than we'd seen so far. It's um, PM, though. Yeah. unless maybe the good doctor is a reference to Ren. Oh, 
Oh, oh this, this the... episode's red meat to the Rennes. Did you see the I'm Marlene King thing about uh, having dinner with Julian Morris? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just straight up trolling. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so after the commercial in the brew, uh, Byron and Ari are having a meal together. God, this scene is this scene is like red meat being thrown at me. I'm like a hungry dog here. There's um, some very really, really mesmerizing fork acting here. Yeah. So they're they're like having a meal together. They're seeing those like those tables on the side that only seat like two. And Byron is just watching as Arya is absentmindedly poking at her side of her fork. I just love when this scene started. I happen to pause it right when the the uh, the book sign. It's like you know, like in stencil, like the S is right mm-hmm. over her face. And so you see all of Arya but her face. And I was just like, whoa, that's a really weird visual. Yeah, yeah. But like you could almost freeze frame any moment from the scene and it's it's a treat. Um so Byron's watching her and he's like, Do you want to send that back or well, order she's something just else? Like, like stirring the lettuce, basically. <laughs> so she's broken from her spell so much. She's like, hmm? Oh no, no, no. It's tasty. <laughs> it's so- tasty. So Byron starts talking as Arya, I just want to say, she continues, she takes a drink from the straw of her beverage. She will suck on the straw for the whole sentence he's saying while just giving him these ginormous blank eyes. And he's just like, listen, uh, okay, so your mother and I had this crazy idea. Uh, We were thinking how great it would be if we were actually married by someone who really knew us, like you. Arya is like a thousand miles away right now. And suddenly she stops sucking on her straw and looks up, just like, huh? I mean, the the expression gymnastics here, it's, it's so wonderful. Well, she's like, what? Dad, I can't officiate your wedding. I'm not a minister. But she says it with such glorious, nonchalant dismissal. Well, it's kind of like, geez, Dad, duh. Yeah, well, yeah, it's amazing because she's, she's five years forward Aria now. She has a job in publishing. And in some ways, she's still that sullen, rebellious <laughs> teenager. Did you happen to, I mean, we got to talk about uh, Byron here for a sec. Yeah, he's got the top button unbuttoned. Sandwich acting too. There's some sandwich acting. He's he's got two buttons unbuttoned. Like it's not. He's in a button-up shirt. You don't button the top button. That'd look weird if you're not wearing a tie. But then he has the next one unbuttoned too. Yeah. No undershirt. I mean, is this is this what regular sex Byron looks like? No, no, no. Too sexy. Too yeah. sexy. I feel like he says that to himself in the mirror. Also, I feel like uh, Chad Lowe's just like keep them sandwiches coming, guys. I'm eating them. <laughs> Byron's like, well, no, wait, that's the easy part. You can just get a license online. That's how Toby became a cop. That I is mean, true. <laughs> we would still I have actually to be... just read the police academy. <laughs> and took an online quiz. Uh, we would still have to be recognized by the state for the ceremony. And I was like, Dad, seriously, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> There's a little bit of a threat there, I think. Like, do they just not want Pastor Ted around? Well, and then Byron's just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> he gives me dirty looks. The guy who had a date with Ella and Ashley on the same day. Um, Byron's well, like, here's all I got to say about Pastor Ted. At the locker room, he keeps his towel on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he says, why not? You are the writer in this family. So so I want to just throw us out for the shippers. Here's your fan fiction prompt. It's the locker room at the Rosewood Men's Club. And like, I don't know which does it to who, but Ezra comes in and he like he has oh no town. He just kind of like rolls oh up God. and just like snaps fired. <laughs> and then they talk about how haunted they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, this is where like Byron, I, I I was really baffled later on, but I realized this is where he opens the door to the bees because he says, "You are the writer in this family." I love that. It's like they're throwing up a lampshade here that isn't even a lampshade. Like that means nothing. 
But, but Arya's just like, oh, flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah, so she's kind of clears her throat. She she wipes her face with her napkin. She's so good at props on she here. And it's great because he's really he really thinks he's playing to all of her vanities. Only mm-hmm. right now they are all of her stress spots. Yeah, that's true, because the writer thing. It's like, yeah. oh, am I really writer? I think the hashtag was like ghostwriter or something. Yeah, I mean, just imagine if Arya was just like, here's the deal, Ezra. I will write your book. You can maybe write my vows for my parents' wedding. <laughs> um, Sounds like a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> so Byron's like, okay, listen, there's no pressure, okay? It's just this crazy idea that you... And then a big old chomp out. as he's like yeah. <laughs> eating the sandwich. Well, I, I like... Or tomorrow I have. It, you know, something about that line, like it's it's it reminded me like when we were trying to dive into like Ezra in in season five, early season five, where he's just manipulating Arya constantly. Mm-hmm. And Byron does the same thing too. Like when you remember when he was caught cheating with Meredith and he's just like, Arya, I hope you don't break your mother's heart by telling <laughs> her that, her that your dad's sleeping around. I really hope you don't do this horrible thing to your mother. Yeah, that would be really bad for her. And she'd blame you. Well, then Arya, not me. Arya responds to this bullshit with some bullshit of her own. And she's like, it's not that I don't want to. I just, I don't want Mike to feel left out or anything. Well, you do get a neat uh, kind of a wide symmetrical shot here because we've kind of been in close-ups for a while. It's an interesting shot through like another window looking at them, mm-hmm. uh, each on either side. I don't know, it's very, very interesting. There's like this little umbrella off to the side with a duck's head as the handle. And I can't stop looking at that thing. There's and a- wondering if it's a clue. Hmm. There's a great like uh, kind of visual motif throughout this episode of uh, especially especially anchored around Arya's storyline hmm. of dual perspectives, symmetry. Yeah, yeah, lots of symmetry. Um, so yeah, Byron he uh, he finished chewing on that, that big bite of his sandwich. He's like, oh, don't worry about Mike. Your brother's not coming because he's a teenager, to werewolf. Yeah. It's like why? Why? I thought he said he was going to try to. And Byron's just like, he's a teen wolf now. He's busy. Yeah. He says, I just oh! werewolves of London. Yeah. I just think he's not not so happy about this. Nari's like, that is insane. Why wouldn't he want you and Maud to be back together? And Byron's like, possibly because I'm a raging douche. <laughs> he's never forgiven me for why we broke up. He doesn't trust that I won't hurt her again. And he's kind of nodding to himself sadly. And Nari's like, well, it's his loss. Because it's going to be a very special day. She smiles. She says, I'll work on the ceremony tonight. Ari's going to marry her parents. It's so bizarre, it almost feels normal. Well, it's 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 a sentence that is both perplexing and just makes you giggle because mm-hmm. I cannot stop laughing. Ari's going to marry her parents, um, but yeah, part of Byron has to be thinking, well, that was almost too easy. Mm-hmm. But her, her, oh god, her whole her whole fashion and her affect in this scene—I don't know what dude is about—but if you told me that like Lucy Hale was just going to be playing like a spunky like '80s assassin after this, I would buy my tickets right now. Well. Her performance is so interesting just because she's clearly not really here mentally right now. Mm-hmm. Her mind is elsewhere. She just has all these kind of little ticks that are fascinating to watch. Like she's she's not into this conversation. She's kind of annoyed by it. And it's like, mm-hmm. fine, I'll do it. Well, like, who do we have to talk to about getting the spinoff off the ground? That's just La Femme Aria. <laughs> um, so outside Spencer's Gate. Which we haven't really seen in a while. It's, it's daytime. Spencer and Caleb are walking out together and come out the Sally Port. Yeah, and she's like, uh, she got her first text, and uh, Caleb says like, 
wait, so now this freak thinks that Allison's hiding something about the murder too? That doesn't even make sense. Caleb's a little too super hipstery here. He's also doing <laughs> you don't the classic, like the mauve shirt. He's also doing the classic backpack only on one shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like take, it's take it's, sleeves. Yeah. What's interesting because Caleb he's dressed like a 23 year old teenager mm-hmm. at an American apparel store. And Spencer is dressed like even more elegantly just because she's standing next to him. Yeah. Um, and she says, well, if it is Sarah Harvey, she's probably furious that Allison's talking to us again. And as they walk, Spencer stops. You see something in front of them and we look forward and see there's like a Jeep parked there on the side of the road. And behind that, there's Melissa sitting in her car, yeah. talking on her phone. A couple quick points. Um, Allie getting a text, I mean, that that could just be complete, like, her throwing everyone off her scent, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Harvey, I love how they keep attributing new motives to the machinations of Sarah Harvey. Yeah. I guess they found that hole, so they have, like, some sort of something to cling to there. Mm-hmm. And they can, they're can they just sure she's up to something. But, yeah. Um, is that Caleb's Jeep? I wonder. Like, who else is parked there? It's not Maybe Spencer's car, right? Yeah, it's not Peter's. Spencer... I'm not sure if we've seen what she drives or not. Well, I wonder, is she still driving the same car we saw her come to town in in 611? Yeah, that's a good question, because that seems like a rental or something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Melissa back there is just talking on the phone in her car, and they act like this is the weirdest fucking thing ever. Spencer's like, why is Melissa just sitting there in her car? She's like, like a- no one's ever like stopped to have a conversation in their car before. <laughs> She's having a goddamn human interaction, and she's smiling, and it's terrifying, you guys. It's daytime. How dare she? Well, Melissa kind of looks over, like, kind of locks eyes with them and just kind of smiles a little and nods, like, yeah, I'm on the phone. (laughs) She's just like, yeah, I am firmly back in this show. Mm -hmm. And then we hear Melissa say, okay, and then she hangs up to somebody, and she gets out, and she puts on a polite smile and walks over. She's so fucking shady, like, every casual thing she does is fascinating. Mm -hmm. She's like, hey, Spencer says, hi. Melissa says, turns out my trip is a huge success. Polls show a 12% gain. I'm more persuasive than I thought. That's a big gain. 12% is huge. That's like the election. Yeah, that is huge. I mean, elections are won on like maybe a 4 or 5% margin. <laughs> well, Melissa, I'm more persuasive than I thought. She says in like the most malevolent way possible. Yeah. And Which Caleb says, yeah. Hail to the Conqueror. And she shoots him the bitchiest smile and then does this like eye narrow for added effect. Well, it's she does like this, uh, her version of the same thing that Mona does where it's like, I have acknowledged what you said, but that is all mm-hmm. you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm processing future sarcasm to be like, like doled out. Well, Caleb's just like, he's just smiling back. His arms are crossed. You know, he tends to go a little bit overboard. Like anyone his his girlfriend doesn't like or mistrust. He's just like a little like like terrier, just like I'm gonna show you how how much I'm on your side here, you know. I want to see him like bump his head and get all of his various things like cross, and he's just like blah, blah, back fat. Blah, yeah. you know? <laughs> Spencer says, "Hey, do you um have that luggage tag from your old suitcase?" Gil said, "You really need to submit it if you want." And Melissa's like, "Forget about it. The trip's already paid for. Put the funds towards Mom's victory party." He just like smirks and tries to walk past him, and then Caleb kind of cuts in. Hey, um, how did you break your suitcase? What? <laughs> Spencer's like, I told him about it because he just really likes to fix things. And Melissa's like, what makes you assume I broke it? Well, when did you notice it was broken? When I pulled it out of the cab from the Philly airport, the idiot took every bumpy, potholed street to avoid baseball traffic. 
It's almost like she knows that they're full of shit, mm. but she's answering them anyway because she's full of shit. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like they're both just lying to each other right now, and it's everything's so sketchy, and they're just kind of like, it's a stare down, you know? She's like, go ahead, call me on it. Mm. She's like, have a nice walk. Yeah. So, so dry and sarcastic and just pitiful. It's like how pitiful they are. They're walking. Mm-hmm. So she's like, bye. So she heads past him, goes in the same gate they came out of, and Caleb kind of turns and watches her go, and Spencer watches him, and she's like, I know what you're going to say. And he's like, well, then I won't say it. She can't resist, so she kind of turns, folds her arms over her chest, like they're both looking where Melissa was, and she's like, say it. And he says, your sister got back into town two Saturdays ago, right? So she's like, mm-hmm. Caleb says, the Phillies had an away game that day, so traffic would have been in Baltimore. Really, an away game, cross-conference in, in August, I guess. That's a little sketchy. I I feel like half of Tori DeVito's like the direction given to her is all right tori you know you're a fucking genius Mm -hmm. you know that like (laughs) you're just knocking it out of the park here but we want you to treat other characters like they're you so when they ask you a question we want you to be fucking shocked like what what do you mean where's my suitcase i feel like it's more like you're guilty as sin and you know that your sister will never ever push you completely on the lies you tell her so have fun uh, so, is Caleb, like, secretly a big Phillies fan or something? Like, you just happen to remember shit like that? Like, oh, yeah, two su- Saturdays ago, they're out of town. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. So, cut to sad, Ezra. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, and I know we've we've said this before, so we're going to say it again. This Arya storyline is a gift from fucking heaven. Uh, <laughs> take off your shoes, wipe your feet, enter Lucy Hale's thespian dojo. Today's killing move that you're going to learn is more face shit. Uh, we open on a shot of looking at Ezra looking just like the biggest, just most obstinate asshole ever. He's unshaven. He's scruffy. His shirt is unbuttoned, which just makes him look like more of a slacker. Yeah. Um, Arya is like coming clean to him, apparently. And she says, please don't be silent. Just talk this through with me. She's over sitting at his table and the way it's framed, it kind of, it's a table, but it almost seems like a desk because her hands are on it. The papers or you know, the manuscript in front of her. It's kind of like she's staring him down like a boss right now. And I just want to say, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Yes. Um, so Ezra's like, Aria, it's done. You've already submitted six chapters. Well, he's doing that like toneless Ezra voice that might mean he's really mad or it might mean he's like on mescaline or something. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's about to be like, Arya, can I go to the bathroom? And she's like, okay. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> uh, so she sighs and he's like, did Jillian like it? Was she pleased? And Arya's like, kind of? Yeah. He's like, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being very pleased, over the moon. She's like, Ezra. And he's like, I need a number. Nine. And, <laughs> and his eyes narrow. He's surprised. It's like, ah, but you didn't think she was that good, did you, asshole? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, eight and a half? I, eight and a quarter? She had notes. <laughs> That's Arya being humble. Nine! <laughs> Maybe eight and a half. Fuck okay, it. 9.1. Ezra's like, did she? And was I receptive? And Arya's like, Ezra, I will go to my boss on Monday and I will tell her the truth. And she gets up. She walks over to him. She's kind of like making calming gestures with her hands now. And because he's kind of like on this stool, she's still kind of like taller in the frame. She's still yeah. in, in power here. Yeah. And Ezra says... Arya, you can't do that. 
she'll kick you to the curb. You know, the way he says this line, it reminds me of like Mark Hamill talking to the Ewoks or something. There's just something about his delivery that's so like condescending. <laughs> you can't do that. Whoa, whoa. She'll kick you to the curb. And he's like, how how could she ever trust you again? And Ari's like, it is what it is. I just have I just have Wilford Brimley's voice from the uh, the Ewok adventure stuck in my head. Oh god damn it! And um, she says, "No, it isn't. I know you were trying to protect me. You saw that I was falling apart, and you assumed that the worst. You thought the jury would hand down a lighter sentence if I wrote a painful and gripping story, which also had all the makings of a great romantic novel. If you want to write that too, he's got a little sarcastic edge in his voice there, and she's watching him carefully, like she's not really sure where he's coming from." Or how honest he is about critiquing her work. Like, there's just a flicker of the eye and arrow. I think she's watching him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Romance? What? 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 Like, where are you getting this from? What are you What are you going on about? And she's like, I can't really tell if you want to hug me or punch me. And it's like, Arya, you got to nuke him from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> and he says, how can I punch you? This wasn't a career move. This This was an act of love. And she looks like she could just vomit now. Like, she's trying to, like, not react, but, like, you can just tell her stomach just drop. Well, her face is, like, her face, as Ari has said, her face doesn't check in with her. Like, it is clearly, like, flinching from, like, that does not sit well with me. Her eyes are twitching all over the place. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, this is, this is just gross. Like, it's, I think she's maybe getting that, hey, maybe Ezra's looking for something that isn't there right now. Like he's he's reading something different into this than her intention, so she has to turn away. She takes some sets back, and he's like, "Oh, we could just turn it all in all of it." And now he stands and he's moving closer, and he kind of this is where he kind of like takes over the frame, mm-hmm. and he says, "I mean, Dickens was paid by the inch." All right, <laughs> it's like, "Oh, iron." Yeah, and Ezra says, "Can I just read what you wrote? It's probably a lot better than what I have." Probably. And it's like she's so torn. It's because she she's she wants that to be true, but like. These, like, ass-kissing compliments all of a sudden, like, this isn't really what she's looking for here. So she kind of slides the pages over on the table to her and herself, and she shrugs a few times, finally gives them over, she crosses her arms. And then, in the kind of, like, J-cut from the next scene, we hear Hannah say, okay, tell me that you're not in love. And that Mm -hmm. can't be unintentional that they cut that over this. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. There's a, they do it a couple times, and it feels editorial. To mm-hmm. a certain degree, each time they do. Well, I feel um, like what they're saying up here is Ezra thinks there's like something in the text here, like, oh, I get it. You're still into me. Like, I feel like that's what he's reading into this. Mm-hmm. And or, I, I don't think that's what she intended. Or that this this writing like, team up will be mm-hmm. like an act of love itself. Yeah. This will be their affair. Um, so, in Ari's living room, uh, there's Hannah and Ella. Hannah's like holding up a sparkling cocktail dress for Ella's approval. And she says, okay, tell me you're not it's in like, love. It's like black with, I don't know, sparkles or something. Well, rhinestones. Um, and Ella's like, it's gorgeous. And Hannah's like, and I've got a simple veil to go with it. Nothing too insane, but just a little something to add mystery. And Ella's like, the mystery is how am I going to walk in it? I may need to borrow Emily's legs. <laughs> Said everyone. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's like, well, I'll hem it. You're going to rock this dress. I promise. Please try it on. Oh, wait. What about the veil? And Hannah like hands over the dress and she's like reaching for the box of the veil and Ella stops. And she's like, no, that's okay. I don't want anything to detract from the dress. You did good. Your work here is done. I can't pay you. <laughs> um, Ella starts to leave and Hannah calls her back and she's like, what about the tables? 
you want them to compliment the dress, right? Can I can I please do the tables? And I was like, knock yourself out. And so Ella leaves. Just <laughs> knock yourself out. I'm not paying you. Yeah. It's also it's a nice thing where like one person leaves, the other can come in kind of. Um Ella leaves just an argument. Yeah, we get that a few times in this episode. An I feel like thing? Hannah Hannah just needs something to do with herself right now. Yeah. Right. Not, and not think about. Well, I mean, a lot of things in her life. Not think about the fact that she's unemployed. Not think about fucking Jordan. Not think about how sexy Spaleb is. Yeah. Well, and also, I think Emily is probably just like, hey, FYI, do not have nothing to do when Arya comes around. Like, you need to keep yourself busy or she's going to try to read you the fucking book. <laughs> so speak of the devil. Guess who just walked in the front door? It's Arya. Well, can you imagine if if Hannah has even a single note on mm-hmm. Arya's work? Arya will be like, fuck you, Hannah. The last book you wrote was James Patterson. <laughs> She's like, it just seemed a little slight. <laughs> Not substantial. I want I want Hannah to like. Arya's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did it need a murder? Did it I need want- a mystery? I want Hannah to like flout the fact that she's from New York, where they mm-hmm. created the literature. I want her to be like, uh, I get coffee at the same dump where Franzen gets coffee. And Ari would be like, how dare you? Um, so Ari says, hey. Hannah says, hi. Oh, go back outside. I don't want you to see the bride. It's bad luck. And Ari's like, I'm not the groom, Hannah. I'm the minister, or the officiator, whatever. And Hannah's like beaming. And she's like, well, I'm styling it. So I guess we'll both be working the party. And Ari's just like, ginormous eyes <laughs> wait you're gonna be there and hannah nods so happy and aria intense eyes and she's like that's weird and hannah's just like <laughs> that's you're weird, weird. and i was like why is it weird because and Ari says because i i didn't invite any friends i was trying to be sensitive and hannah's just like who the fuck are you <laughs> where's aria yeah. are you a twin are you the twin you must be the twin i'm gonna stake you in the heart just to be safe and hannah's like sensitive to what and aria's like Making you sit at, the, at a small wedding with Caleb and Spencer, two feet from the ceremony. Would you be comfortable with that? As she kind of also sticks the knife in. And I feel like Hannah is just as annoyed of Arya from the ceremony. Holding way. hands, maybe doing hand stuff. Would you be comfortable with that? She, Arya's like, well, what if they're sitting there and like Spencer makes like a circle with her fingers and then Caleb's just like got two fingers just like jabbing in there like while my parents are doing their vows? Would you be cool with that, Hannah? What do you um, think they're doing right now, Hannah? <laughs> what do you think their hands are? Ooh, give me a pen. I need to write this down. This is hot. Um, but yeah, I feel like Hannah's just as annoyed of Ari framing it this way as she would be like uncomfortable with the situation itself. And Hannah's like, I have no issue with Spencer and Caleb, okay? They're great together and we're all different people now. And Ari just makes his face like, that's bullshit. Yeah, she's just like, mm. Hannah says, I'm happy for them. This is happy. And Hannah, she goes back to her dresses and Ari's just grimacing. It's like, a, you, you can't lie to yourself, Hannah. Yeah, so they're on on Allison's porch. There's Allison and the uh, the young evil Muppet version of Freddie Prince Jr. My notes for this scene just say snooze. Yeah, they're drinking tea or whatever, something domestic as shit. Um, Allison needs to get something off her chest, and he's just like, "I like what is that?" Well, it's she's I don't know doing the silent treatment or whatever. Um, she's also wearing rose pattern again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what is it? Allie says the night that Charlotte came home, we stayed up late talking, and I told her about us. She stared at me like a cat. Like, what does that mean? Like, indifferent? Murderous? She started licking her hand and then, like, rubbing that hand on the like, <laughs> side of her head. I don't know. She stared at you for two hours straight without saying a word. 
<laughs> then she and just kind of like looked up, looked superior, and walked away. Yeah, yeah, started licking her lips. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. And then she went upstairs. I could tell tell that she felt betrayed. And Ron says, "Probably more by me than you. I was her doctor." True. And Allie says, "No, I think she was angry at me. That's why she ran out in the middle of the night. It may not have been because of a phone call. I might have delivered my sister." To whoever did that to her. And he's like, Allison, th- that's not true. And for some reason, he like looks away when he says this. Like he can't actually make eye contact mm-hmm. uh, when he says it's not true. And then he takes her hand. And he says, the person who f- failed Charlotte in that moment was me, not you. Because, Be- because I killed her. My character is so abrasively horrible that I basically bludgeoned her to death with my off-putting personality. Yeah. And also a metal rod because I killed her. Um, this isn't really much of a comfort for Allie no. or us who had to watch this scene. Um, so I mean, what, what do you make of this? It's, I've seen a lot of people be like, Oh, what if Charlotte was actually like with this guy and she felt betrayed because he's playing them both or something. What do you think? I don't think Rollins has that much juice. Yeah, true. I don't think he's making that much jam. I um, wonder if it's more just like, maybe she senses this guy's like weird ulterior motives. Like why why are you moving in on my sister? Yeah. I I I wonder though if it, you can never tell like what the intention is. You know, even after the fact. Like is he meant to be shady? He's gotta be. I mean he's I, I just don't know how you could watch these scenes in the editing room and be like, Oh yeah, this is romantic. He's the anti Ren. I mean yes, he might exactly. very well be Rick with a W. <laughs> with a W. Oh, the worst. That Rick is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucas is laughing. Emily's just like chilling there as Hannah walks back in with her bags oh, and stuff. Briefly, yeah. one one more mention. So Allie posits that like maybe the phone call didn't even go to Charlotte. So we're we're chasing down a phone call in this episode that might not even have anything to do with it. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. That was answered and went off. For, like they like butt answered it. Three minute three phone minutes. call. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe he answered it for all we know. Oh, like yeah, she was asleep or something. Could be. So Hannah walks in and he's like, hey, how did it go? And Hannah says, excellent. I'm now gainfully employed. Well, at least until tomorrow night. Also, Arya is the same old psychopath that we know and love. And <laughs> Arya's like, is it just me like watching the scenes or Emily's just like chilling with yeah. hanging out? I'm like, man, I miss being in my early 20s and not having a job. Well, it's just <sighs> an afternoon where you're like looking around and you're like, I don't have shit to do. Mm-hmm. I literally have nothing to do for well, you know, hours. According to our theory here, Spencer must wish that she could just start school all over again with no responsibilities, right? That's what her tulp is up to. Okay, okay. And Nari wishes she were planning weddings. Well, it's so fitting because it's not that she's planning weddings. It's that multiple times in the in the series... Ella has come to Arya for fashion advice, mm-hmm. especially that is attributed to uh, matters of the heart. I'm yeah. going on a date. What should I wear? And Arya's like, no, no, no. Even though I wear forks or earrings, I will tell you superiorly what you should be wearing, which is why it was always fascinating to me. And the theory really comforts me at night with this, mm. is that we always knew that Hannah was the one who was obsessed with fashion more so than the others. But Arya but it, was too. But but well, like in the Montgomery household, though, they treated Arya like she was some kind of fucking fashion messiah. Well, look how she dresses. Yeah. I think they just assume, like, I guess that's in or something. In Milan, they're either, like, wearing this down the street or they're scared not to. Yeah, she's trailblazing it. Yeah, so Hannah's starved. Yeah, do you want to order in? 
Emily stands up. Hannah's getting some water from the fridge. Um, they each have these like very kind of like loose, like plunging neckline outfits on right now. I don't know if that was intentional or what. Um, and Emily says, oh, I'm going to lecture with a guy from my psych class trying to earn brownie points to the new professor, which is just not necessary for an intro class. Yeah. He's not going to remember who you are. Yeah. I mean, those classes are like 300 people. And anyway, Hannah says, wow, congratulations. At least one of us will have a degree that matters. And he says, I enrolled, Hannah. It's not like I, it was four years ago when I was the only one I had to worry, or I'm sorry, when the only <laughs> thing I had to worry about in freshman year was catching something from a communal shower curtain. Or five years ago when you worried about catching shower. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, I, ew, Emily, why did you make us, our minds go there? Now we're thinking about communal shower curtains. And that's just gross. And this is that's what leads Hannah to go check the shower curtain in, in Lucas's loft oh. and find like five cameras. <laughs> and Hannah says, Emily, you're not going to have. And Emily says, yes, I am, Hannah. How am I supposed to take notes when this voice in my head is telling me that Sarah Harvey is torturing you for something Melissa might have done? That sentence is so PLO. If they could have, if they could have worked Jenna into that sentence. Well, this next this response is very PLO too, because Hannah's like, "Wait, Melissa Hastings?" And he says, "Melissa might have called Charlotte from the diner. She could have been the one who lured her out in the middle of the night, which is a big stretch." Yeah. And Hannah says, "No, no, no, no hold on. Wasn't Melissa in London?" So, I'm trying to figure this out. I guess Melissa lives in London, but she's back for the campaign. Yeah. And that's why she needed her flight paid for? Presumably, yeah. I, I think that's what we're getting here. Because I'm like, wait, why the fuck would she be campaigning in London? Right, right. Well, uh, yeah. Emily, I don't think Emily realizes that she makes it worse for Hannah. Because she says, Spencer thinks so. Caleb doesn't. And Hannah's mm, just like, Hannah face. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then like Emily's cell phone rings. Hannah looks over, sees a thing on the phone that says, like, Damien, video chat request, accept or decline. Who the fuck video chats of somebody they just met? This is so totally over the line, Damien. Well, it's like, like you you guys are not even phone call friends. You're barely texting friends. Well, yeah, it's like, bro, are your thumbs broken? You don't know how to text somebody? Who wants you, to see another human being's face? Gross. You're you're just face chatting away and nobody does that. Like, you got to d- d- decline that with prejudice. Well, yeah, on principle alone. I mean, say she answers that. What is she supposed to do? Look at his goddamn face like mm-hmm. an animal? She Ugh. can just watch him uh, staring at her tits through half the conversation because that's what he does. It's the weird insert shot. So, like, even though she's holding the phone one way, he's, mm-hmm. like, looking directly at the camera. Wait, watch his face. He keeps doing the, like, his eyes keep dropping down thing through the whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, Hannah's like, oh, who's Damien? And uh, she hands Emily her phone and Emily goes, uh, oh, he goes to Hollis. That's who I'm meeting up with. And she answers it, and we see like he's at Halls or whatever, and she says, hey there. I, I can't believe she even answered this. I would have just been like, decline. Uh, Damien says, hey, it's a good thing I got here early. It's insane. The line behind me is waiting to get in. This guy's like a really weird affect. Like he's like vaguely stoned or something. I can't put my finger quite on it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And Ellie says, can you save me a seat? And Hannah, meanwhile, is just creeping, just kind of watching in the background, like, what's up to this? Uh, which I'm sure you would be. You're like, why the fuck is my friend taking like a face chat request from this rando? Weird etiquette, yeah. Uh-huh. Damien says, sure, yeah, I just want to make sure you're still coming. I'll see you soon. And he says, bye, and hangs up, and Hannah's just frowning, and she says, he looks familiar. And he says, did you buy any used books from Hollis? And Hannah's like, no, but they did actually deliver a box for you this afternoon. 
kind of nods over to a box that's on the table. Uh, Emily's been home for a while. The mm-hmm. box has been there. It has a label on the side. Yeah. Emily's like, really? I haven't ordered any. So she uses her key to cut open the tape on it, and we see, oh, there's a book inside. The book is titled, What to Name the Baby. Oh, shit. And you see Emily's heart go cold right there. And Hannah's just kind of watching Emily. She's curious. She's like, Em, what's wrong? And Emily just hands her the book, doesn't say anything. And Hannah says, what to name the baby? What class is that? <laughs> like, Obviously, you're not a golfer, Hannah. Yeah. And Emily pulls out a bookmark from the box. Well, then, then, then Hannah gets it. Like right mm. after she's like, she's just like, oh my god. Yeah, and she looks over, sees Emily freak out even more. She reads the bookmark, and she's like, "What does that say?" And then she, we see that the bookmark says, "You need to start talking before our baby does." And there's like a little baby bassinet or whatever on there. And I love that it it falls into like the the tactile version, of like the words and pictures and emojis, terraglyphics that A's been using so far. Mm-hmm. It's like A has a very like uh, like like cogent organized uh uh like terror like uh uh like plan here. it's just like oh i got some hot clip art i need to use yeah i've got some real menacing free clip art for this like terror campaign i'm I gonna wait extra on microsoft for the, the full shit um so in the box there's also like a cell and molecular biology book like yeah yeah i guess these are like her books and a just toss in some extra stuff well, Which you could you could point to Damien in that instance, I suppose he has a college connection. Well, I mean, yeah, and then I wonder though, like, is she just like, oh, three books? I didn't have to order them. Yeah. Nice, because I mean, hey guys, textbooks well, are expensive. Emily looks like she could throw up. Hannah's making some Hannah face. I kind of wonder if A's game right now is like reverse psychology or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like A's daring them to go to the cops. Intro to it's reverse like, psychology. You need to start talking so they don't start talking, type of thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh! So like, keep quiet, basically. It's like he keeps on trying to get them to like tell him stuff, and they they're doing the opposite. Okay. I don't know. So after the commercial, we're watching a live web stream on a laptop screen. It's Veronica Hastings addressing the people, uh, and she says, "I've chosen to share this with you because ultimately, my diagnosis is a wake up call, and I trust that now that you have this insight, you'll know that I don't give up without a fight." We see where the that brew. is straight up terrible speech writing. I got to say, now that you have this insight, yeah, you can't say that. No, so we're in the brew. Caleb sits there watching us on the on the couch together in the liars nook. They're they're holding hands, doing hashtag some hand, hand stuff. stuff. Yeah, they're like making like uh, like sex swans with their mutual hands, and uh, they're just looking perfect as fuck. The web stream like wraps up. Hannah marches in the brew. This is the first thing she sees, and so she's just kind of silently inside internally, like God damn it. Yeah. Well, she just sees them like cuddling. It's just like. Uh, well let me let me just say it is it's the it's the darkest part of this because i I don't i don't hate all of this stuff Mm -hmm. because it is it is drama and ultimately you do want things to go wrong in your character's life because if it's all sunshine and roses then like aria would seem even weirder if you can (laughs) believe it but what makes it especially interesting is if you try to think of season six as a cohesive element like 6a spencer and hannah were like the fucking duo yeah you know they were just getting shit done they were trying on glasses upside down and solving crimes and like terrorizing girls who who do shit with animals and like you bag of hair (laughs) stealing cars together and shit but like now well it's it's just all corrupted yeah and she just rough man just look of deep loathing she's just like you know i'm gonna gonna be the big girl here you know i'm gonna get over it and so she she walks over 
Caleb looks up and sees her coming over, and he kind of very quickly pulls his arm well, away from Spencer. Not language, too quickly, but quickly enough. Body language is telling. He pulls mm-hmm. his arm back, strains up a little bit. Spencer's more cool and casual, partly because her eyes are a little bit moist. Obviously, like a little emotional for mom's like live stream, live web stream. Um, but also, like from Spencer's perspective, she has done nothing wrong. She yeah. has she has been honest with her she feelings. Got permission. She worked out. She she went to her friend. She she flat out said, "I will." Quench this uh this uh deep burgeoning sexual passion that's between us if you don't approve yeah well you know spencer got permission did caleb need to get permission from toby from hannah Hannah. oh like would it was that be just too awkward of a conversation or i don't know that's a good point that's a real good point um i just maybe they would have been a nice scene. They had got some real closure. They could have talked about it, talked about things that led to their breakup, be cool with each other's people, be cool with these relationships. And then Hannah could have been like, hey, just make sure Toby gets nothing. <laughs> Caleb's like, you got it. Um, so Spencer's like, hey. Hannah's like, hey, uh, did you get my messages? Spencer says, no, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just turned my phone off so I could watch. Are you okay? And Hannah sits because it's time to break some bad news to everyone here. And she's just like, I think Melissa could have done it. I saw your sister years ago in London. And Spencer has this look on her face like, great, just what I need. There is a very cool dissolve here. We're doing this whirring thing where the background behind Hannah like shifts over to the past. And then like Hannah herself just kind of like gently fades away. Well, if I could describe it, they do the typical like whoosh flashback, like like whip pan. Only they basically like cut out Hannah from the shot and composite her over over it. Yeah. So it whooshes to the new location, but then Hannah's still there, like uh, composited over it, and then she just fades out. It's very interesting. I, I kind of want them to do this from now. I was so, going to say, yeah, if anyone, if anyone's listening, <laughs> we approve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and flashback. and then yeah, this flashback to some bathroom in London. Yeah. Do you think this is the same bathroom set from the high school? I it's possibly similar. I, There's a I big wide mirror. But it's, I, I mean, it's, it's very different style. I think it's definitely the same bathroom set from when Hannah threw up on uh, Isabel's dress. Oh, they can't still have that. Well, I think it's probably the same room. It's dressed up in roughly the same way. Yeah, I just, I, it seems like such a long time ago. I mean, I unless this is what they think all, all swanky bathrooms look like. Apparently all like the cool bathrooms have ottomans in the middle of them. I would be terrified to lay mm-hmm. down in the middle of a men's room ottoman. <laughs> seriously i think i'd rather die hannah walks in she's on the phone there's something about her hair that just looks like old hannah it looks like like caleb's hannah perhaps um and she's she's chatting away on the phone she has like a a headband of flowers in her hair uh kind of just in like a i don't know basic black dress with like these giant pearls around it uh, like like those andalusian girls yeah and she says uh what she say she says okay where are you you'll never guess who just talked to me okay so i was in line at the bar and some stranger just compliments my shoes and i turn around it's claudia freaking greco caleb and don't pretend like you don't know who she is and then oh small world melissa fucking hastings walks out of the stall sees her yeah she sees her like in the mirror (laughs) this is like feral party girl melissa oh my god this is this is the most amazing Melissa Hastings scene since she stole Arias Royo. In this yeah. scene is electric. Yeah. The on any other TV show, okay, that wasn't as ballsy as PLO is, people would be like, we have to give her vampire teeth, because that's the <laughs> only thing that can justify the wattage for this, this actress. 
I mean, she just comes out and just destroys it. First of all, she walks out of the stall with a martini in hand. Yeah. She took the martini into the stall with her, <laughs> which is kind of gross. <laughs> I like, I'd like to believe that, like, maybe she just did a few rails of coke in there. Yeah. Uh, Something else was like, do you mind? We're trying to do drugs in here. Makeup wise, she's she's got her hair up. I think she's got like some extra contouring or something because there's something about her that just looks so like arch and conniving. Yeah. Uh, and Hans just like I have to go and hangs up immediately because Melissa Hastings scares the shit out of her. Well, Melissa walk, saunters over to the sink beside Hannah, giving her just the shittiest of looks. <laughs> yeah. Well, is clearly a little bit drunk, a little bit haggard. Like her hair is not perfect or anything. <laughs> I just I, I've been practicing this. Hannah's like. Melissa and Melissa says, "Hello, Hannah." <laughs> just massive shade. She's not even trying to hide the sneer. But I mean, I don't think there is. I mean, the work that these actors can do in this show is astounding. I don't think though that there is anyone else on the show who can communicate so many things just in saying somebody's name. <laughs> I know. Even I don't think even Troy could do it to the level of Tori DeVito. I'm sad to say. Yeah, and Hannah says, what are you doing here? And Melissa's like, I live here. Well, not in this bathroom, but nearby. <laughs> I was confused. And it's like, no, this event, Fashion Week, did you change careers? What do you even do again, anyway? Yeah, Melissa's like blowing her nose. She just looks a hot mess right now. She's like, I came with a friend who ditched me because I spent the entire night sobbing into my phone. And she kind of tosses the tissue down angry, and then she finally looks over at Hannah. And she says, is this drink yours or mine? And it's like, uh, yours. And so Melissa just picks it up and just downs it in one belt. It's well, incredible. She, she downs it like this is the antidote that will fix her life. <laughs> well, just like one gulp, just like, boom, gone. Yeah. That's the drink she took to the bathroom with her. I just want to point <laughs> out. It came out of the stall with her. So Hannah, trying to be polite, is like, how's Ren? And Melissa's like, he's gone. He well, it's more like, me. It's more like how's ren <laughs> you know like what else do i say here yeah he's gone he left me that scheming nut job who made your life a living hell has now moved on to mess with mine and she just starts touching up her makeup and hands like you mean charlotte and Melissa says who the hell gave that twisted sister phone privileges i mean how does someone with her resume get put in under penthouse arrest well like there's some great like mirror shots of them that mm. that are fitting to how the scene ends there's some great mirror work in this this episode yes. And, and yet, yeah, yeah, and has like I try not to think about her, you know, forgive and forget. And Melissa's like, "Fuck that, yeah, a leopard doesn't change its spots." And is so completely flabbergasted. Like this is the new side of Melissa, like drunk, angry Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like there was like this. This is hard to believe. There was some kind of membrane over Melissa before that was like protecting the girls mm-hmm. from this. And it's like Hannah's just maybe now realized. Like, how hard Spencer had it growing up. Well, it's, Hannah's like, I guess I'm an adult now. Yeah. And now that I've seen this side of Melissa Hayes. <laughs> uh, and Hannah's like, wait, did she call you? And Melissa says, no, she called Ren. And clearly she shared information with him because he's been looking at me for the last week. Like, I should be the one locked up. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, this this whole scene is red meat to, like, the Ren is A people. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says... And is that because of Bethany Young? Ooh, this 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 quick little glare of hatred at Hannah. Like she's really upset that Hannah knows that. Well, she kind of sniffles a little. Yeah, but it's also it's like 
She's filed away for a future date that Spencer's going to get some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Melissa says that she's willing to tell him. Who else is she going to tell? So is Melissa more broken up because Ren left her or because like she's got this old murder coming back up? All of it. So she. I mean, she if I were Ren, I think I'd just be a little more turned on. Unless he's like secretly Bethany Young's brother or something, you know. Oh my. Um so then Melissa turns to face Hannah and it's like she's putting her full attention on Hannah. Like oh, she's it's girlfriend about, time. She's about to do her work as like a shade surgeon. She's got the hand on the hip. The she's the William Thackeray of like slicing and dicing the <laughs> shade. Yeah, she says, you know, we all have a past, Hannah. Aren't you curious what she plans to use against you? And she just gives some some Hastings eyebrows there, and Hannah's making serious Hannah face. Melissa must be so terrifying to the liars. And then Melissa, she just kind of like looks down and smiles, and she like yoink grabs Hannah's phone. And she's like, "Here, why don't we call her and find out?" And Hannah's like, "Melissa, stop!" And Melissa just like yanks the phone away. She's like backing up and dialing. And she's like, "Someone needs to shut her up for good." And it's like, "Melissa, give me my phone." And Hannah and uh, sorry, Hannah said that. And Melissa says, "I'm doing you a favor." You'll thank me one day. And they're like basically slow motion chasing each other around the Ottoman right yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're just like circling each other. Melissa's on the phone. She's like, hi, this is Allison Delorentis. Can I speak to my sister, Charlotte? And it's just like, give me the phone. She keeps trying to yank it away. And Melissa's like just not giving it up. <laughs> and then she says, well, wake her up. She has her whole life to nap. And then she gets this kind of like little smile to Hannah. She says, tell her Hannah wants to say hi. And Hannah's just freaking out. She's like, Melissa, stop. And Melissa says, no, I don't want to speak to her doctor. I want to speak to my bloody sister. Put Charlotte on. Oh, the British slang. Mm. It's perfect. Finally, Hannah rustles the phone away from her. And she says, I don't want to hear her voice. And then she just throws the phone and we hear some glass shatter. And doesn't even look at what she throws it. She just throws it. Yeah. And Melissa looks back. It's almost like she's impressed. But yeah. at the same time, unmoved. Well, like... Almost part of her is just like, and now you're like me. <laughs> so, yeah, off screen we hear glass shattered. Then we cut over to like a crack in the mirror. And through that, we focus in the scene, Melissa and Hannah in that reflection, like staring at that cracked glass. And Melissa seems pleased and extra crazy. And she's like, well, you have a funny way of forgiving, Hannah. <laughs> oh, shit. just like, I took Rosewood's balls. white knight and I brought her down to my level. I mean... Is no one like starting the theory that Melissa and Charlotte are full sisters, half sisters? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the timelines kind of work. Who even knows? This this scene is like I can't tell if this is like oh shit, this is the key to unlocking everything, or if they're like let's fuck with people and like throw stir some more Melissa and Ren into the pot. I mean, I can only assume in the writer's room, it's like the scene started to begin and people were throwing out ideas. And I want to say that there's probably somebody who had like the lighter fluid that kept squirting it on there and being like, no, go bigger, bigger. Well, we, get, we get Ren, we get mentions of Bethany Young, Charlotte out of nowhere calling Ren to just be like, by the way, you're dating a murderer. I mean, Melissa is like. Melissa's just like, like, you try to cheat on me with my little sister, we're even. <laughs> I took you back. Yeah. Melissa's like basically like dancing in like a gasoline soaked field, like with <laughs> matches in her hand. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And well, flashback. Just the line of, I want to speak to my bloody sister. I mean, the, the implications there, even though she's acting like Allie on the phone, mm-hmm. maybe she does have a bloody sister. I mean, besides Spencer. Um, 
and it seems Dustin, like she's that's how my fanfiction begins. She's really invested in proving to Hannah that Hannah's like not over Charlotte. Yeah. It's like the very idea that Hannah pretended like it was okay, like enraged her. Also, she's drinking toilet martinis. <laughs> and maybe just did some coke. Hashtag toilet martini. Um yeah, so back in the brew, Spencer's just processing all of this. <laughs> Caleb is invested, maybe even riveted, and he's just like why didn't you tell me about this when you came home from that trip? And Hannah says nothing, not wanting to verbalize it. Spencer gets that she's like, she didn't want another person telling her that she wasn't over it. And Hannah like looks at Spencer like, yeah, that's it. And Caleb's just like, oh. And, you know, well, Hannah, and, and it's just got to be weird. We're like, yeah, Spencer, under she she gets it. Mm-hmm. Why are you sitting over there next to her, Caleb, basically? Yeah. And Hannah's like, well, neither was your sister. So can you at least find out if Melissa was called that night from the diner? Like a timid Spencer, like looks at Caleb and nods, and Hannah, like sarcastic half smile. She's like, "Thanks." She yeah, gets she's up, just disgusted. Yeah, starts to leave, and she stops. Remember something because she's still like the tortured hero at this moment. She turns back and she's like, "Oh, um, what was the name of that sneaky blogger dude from Hollis, the one who freaked out you and Melissa?" And Spencer's like, "Well, how about Hannah totally sniffed that guy out, just yeah. like in the background, just like, oh, by the way, some guy's fucking with Emily. <laughs> she's got to like, ruin that. Shut it down." Mm-hmm. Could, uh, could Melissa have the twin? I'd be okay with that. I would be so okay with that. And like, uh, I just don't. I don't want it to be like. Well, they we all don't identical. want it to be Rollins. Let's be real. That's yeah, what we're said, all afraid of. They said to be identical. We all. Well, not all of us. You and I wanted to be Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of us now. Now, what I want is for each new reveal on the show mm-hmm. to always be Sarah Harvey. Yes. It's like, oh yeah, Sarah has a twin. Oh, she she killed Charlotte. Oh yeah, she's the new A. Like like everything, like every single mystery on the show, just like, oh, it was Sarah Harvey, like over and over until fans just riot. Just like like charged the UV lot with pitchforks. They're just sweating blood. Yeah. Uh so Main Street Rosewood. Emily's like walking talking to Damien. Um oh, sorry. And so Damien's like, So what made you decide to come back he- here where you grew up? Was that what was the, what was the draw? And I was oh, like, "You're so smooth." And I was like, "That's a bizarre question." She's just like, "Oh, um, my mom was alone, so I thought it'd be good to be nearby." And then I also have a coffee shop or something. And he's like, "Right, hey, do you want to grab a, a cup of coffee in here and take it across the street?" And she's like, "Examine that sentence, bro." Yeah, she's like, sure, that sounds great. He's like, "Yeah, great." So he heads in the place, and Emily starts to follow in her cell phone beep. She stops, checks it. Animated text on screen pops up that says, Damien's a reporter. He's playing you. Did the same with Spencer and Melissa. Lose him. Hannah. I, I love to lose him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, lose that asshole. So, totally normal text that Emily gets. We see that she, when he sees that she's not following him inside, Damon comes back to her and he's like, how do you take it? Your coffee. And she Not for you, him, buddy. She gives him a look like she's trying to figure him out. And then she goes into her, like, her vengeful scheming mood. <laughs> like she's going to eat his head. And she's like, you know what? Let's skip the coffee. Let's grab dinner instead. And he's just like, fuck, yeah. And off they had to do that. <laughs> he's completely clueless. To, like, you don't want to see that kind of smile coming from Emily. Right. Because right. she's about to do a murder. She's about to do her own version of, of grabbing Hannah's phone and, and calling Charlotte. <laughs> um, so the Riley lap Lobby Bar, Ezra is like chilling at the bar. And at first I thought he was drinking a glass of wine, but that might actually be it's, water. It's water with a lemon in it. Yeah, yeah, because they're just like, he's like, can I get a beer? And they're like, no, you can't. So Liam walks up to him. <laughs> and Ezra just like, under his breath, fucking fascist. <laughs> Liam walks in, he's just like, 
Ezra Fitz, and Ezra's just like, oh god, a fan. Uh, he's like, hi, I'm Liam. We uh, Liam Green. We uh, met once before. I work with Ari at the publishing house. And they well, so um, Ezra, just the way he shakes hands is there's something oddly exaggerated about it. Like maybe he's drunk. Yeah, like he's he's kind of like over animated. Well, he's uh, he's always having to prove himself. Well, and these guys, you know, they they're both at the same time thinking like, wait a minute, scruffy, kind of hipstery, vague. Like we look exactly like each other. Publishing industry. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, he's like, uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, what brings you to Rosewood? And Liam's like, Ari invited me to her parents' wedding. And he's like, oh, that's great. That should be a lot of fun. In a parents' wedding sort of way, and Liam says, did, "Yeah." Did he just crack a joke? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like he's 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 being a total shithead, but I feel like this is more entertaining than good guy Ezra, or at least pretending to be good guy Ezra. Or like Ezra, who's like, I can laugh at myself. So well, it's just like, oh, that's great. That should be a lot of fun in a parents' wedding sort of way. So they both chuckle, and Ezra's like, "Now the eyes have been broken, Liam. Can I ask you a question? Would you or would you not agree that masculinity is a prison?" Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Ezra's like, I'm actually meeting Arya here. Um, she suggested that we uh, go over the chapters I gave here. And Liam seems a bit like yeah. gleefully conspiratorial here. Like he, like, he also, knows. Also, I, I wanted to meet you and pee all over Arya in front of you. <laughs> Which is saying that to who? Um, Ezra. So he like, he pulls up a seat next to Ezra and he's like, oh, well, I'm anxious to read them myself. From what I hear, it's a great plot. Nice twist. Strong characters. Like, he's very dry. I, I well, I, I, like this is why regard. I feel like he's kind of poking at Ezra here. Like, maybe yeah. he suspects. Because well, Ezra, like, Ezra kind of makes, like, an annoyed face and tries to hide it. Well, I don't know if he's annoyed or if he's just, like, also pondering what Liam knows or not knows, which is mm-hmm. why he says, yeah, um... I just want to put it out there. Uh, the protagonist was inspired by this woman that I traveled the world with. Uh, it's not Arya. I mean, um, I, we never ventured out past Philly. And though some can find romance in Liberty Bell, um, I just wanted to say this so there's no confusion. If you thought that I was writing about Arya and me, I am not. Just so there's no confusion in what I'm saying to you right now, I fucked Arya a lot. Yeah. And this is the scene where for the first time in like seven episodes, I was like, I am enjoying the Liam presence. Arius, or not Arius, Ezra is such a fucking scumbag in the scene. The whole time he's delivering this, totally out of nowhere, like, hey, by the way, I fucked your girlfriend speech. He's waving his hand around like, oh, this is no big deal. And yeah. Liam is obviously growing more and more furious. Liam's like, his eyebrows start twitching. He kind of looks away like he's like steaming. The only thing that would make this scene better is if like Ezra's wearing like, crusty old sweats and a Ugh. t-shirt with a stain on it yeah and then aria walks up in the background and you get this great close-up on her face as she sees the two of them talking to each other and she's just like ah shit <laughs> and she's like hey so she walks over and ezra turns to her and liam is still kind of just spaced out and ezra's like oh look who it is and aria's like uh sorry i'm late i was working on the ceremony i just lost track of time she's kind of rubbing liam's shoulder and he just looks over at her like he can't even say anything. Like he's just doing weird mouth stuff with his lips right now. Casual stewing. Yeah, and Arya's like, um, so how long have you two been sitting here? And Liam says, um, not long, but I'll leave you two alone. I'm sure Mr. Fitz is eager to get his feedback. The, the acid, I feel like, doesn't really come in into the word feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, and he takes off, Liam does, and Ezra gives Arya the shittiest grin ever. He's just like, uh-huh. What a complete <laughs> Ezra, bastard. Ezra's like, you and I have fucked. But in a way, 
I just fucked your boyfriend too. Yeah. No, Ezra knew exactly what he was doing there. Like he's, it's not even plain dumb, uh, you know, like not really. It's like, he's just throwing it in her face right now. He's just like, Oh, did, did I make a mistake? Hmm. What an absolute fuck stick. That's just like, look at it this way. Ari. <laughs> I have a high school teacher dating my students. My son is not my son. I lost a girlfriend to the, the mystery of the terrorism in the jungle. Also, I shit in a bag rarely. I need this. <laughs> oh, I just want to. Oh, he's so horrible. Which it's compelling, I guess, in a sense that like it's like how how low will they go with Ezra? But God, he's such a bastard. What it's 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 subtle though. I don't think I don't think most of. I mean, you know, the Ezra people mm-hmm. live in rose colored glasses. Never saw this. I, I guess. I don't know how you watch that scene and don't think like, oh, you fucking bastard. That's right. Like, so, so Arya, like, oh, whoops. Yeah. Ar- Didn't Arya, realize I was, you know, just admitting that I, I was a high school student, high school teacher who fucked my student. Um, so Arya like puts up a finger, like she senses something was Liam and she puts up the finger, just like the, uh, like the one second, please gesture. Mm-hmm. And she goes after Liam, catching him over the elevators. And she's like, Liam, Liam, wait, does Ezra know that you know? And he's like, know what? And she's like, about me ghostwriting. He's like, no, but at least now I know that Mr. Fitz was more than just your favorite teacher. Is this why you wanted to stay in Rosewood? And she's just like, ah, uh, silence. Yeah, he does shock. That, yeah. He does that head bob like, yeah, great. Thanks. So he starts to get in the elevator and she's like, Liam. And you get that classic shot of like the elevator doors closing. Like you see him like, and then like, the reverse where you like looking out, you see her. It's like those doors are like, you know separating them yeah and he just looks so disappointed um so i guess what they're going for here is he he suspects that like maybe she was cheating on him right now yeah and well just that you know generally improperness but i feel like he should be way more pissed this dude just came over and admitted to like preying on his girlfriend when she was underage and he was her teacher he just fucking told him about it like oh no big deal you know (laughs) that's right Ezra's like, you know, the first thing that leaves you in the jungle is Liam. Shame. Yeah. All your shame. Well, it's like, I don't know. You know, I guess, you know, the the worry of, you know, infidelity is like overriding his other emotions here. But like, bro, like there you don't really have room to be angry right now. Like you should be angry at Ezra. I but based on this scene, I am willing to induct Ezra back into the Hardy Bros. Oh God! On the condition that he drags poor Liam into. <laughs> Honestly, do I have to be here for this? That's what I was wondering. Um, so after the commercial, it's like maybe the next day we're in Arya's bedroom. The existential condition of modern life is represented in Arya's pink shirt that is covered in melting pizza slices. She has her hair up and what kind is- of. Almost like a samurai ponytail. This whole look is... I can't believe this is only for one scene. Her hair is kind of like a messy up thing. She's in sweats. She has like slippers on. I mean... This crazy shirt. If if Arya was Hannah, she would go into a police lineup in this outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Arya's on the phone. Like, like you know, like, please pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. She gets an automated message. It's like, please leave a message. And she's like, Toby, why did you pick up? I have a side job as a automated <laughs> phone voice. Houses don't pay for themselves. So she sighs and she's like, hey, Liam, it's me again. Look, I'm so sorry. Okay, just I, I, I need a chance to explain. Call me. Oh, but not after five. I'll be marrying my parents. 
Bye. I just love that. Call me. Oh, but not after five. I'll be marrying my parents. So she hangs up. She kind of like collapses into her chair, like just crushed. Also, Pictunia is there on the bed. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Aria, you've been really inconsiderate of your boyfriend's feelings. Light the house on fire. Like, also, you should probably go murder Ezra. That son of a bitch did that on purpose. She's like, Pictunia, I was already going to do that. Uh, so at Lucas's law. There's Ella trying on her cocktail dress. Hannah's like finishing hemming it or whatever you do with dresses. Um, Ella is standing on a stool. And so the dress is so long that you can't really see her feet, which is, I don't know why in that inherent moment, it's not meant to be, but I guess it's just me. That creeped me out a little bit. Oh, like, like, it is like a little, there's something about it. Yeah, I, I see what you mean now. Well, it's like, it's like this almost like grotesque body like contortion. or something. Well, it reminded me of like a sparkly Edmund Gorey wedding dress um and so hannah's like have you eaten today and ella's like i can't remember what day is it and Hannah's like it's maybe your ella wedding. has the twin yeah it's your wedding day you can't be nervous you've married byron before what if ezra has a twin oh god imagine in stereo get out no jesus i don't even know what to think about that so is it just me or is hannah's outfit here more old hannah ish yeah a little bit there's there's something I feel like she's she's kind of reverting. She doesn't quite have the uh, the like, prissy New York thing going on anymore. Yeah, I mean, I like maybe it's a, the hair is a little more wavy or something. I don't know. I like the stuff with Hannah and Ella, not because I feel like it on its on the surface has brings her emotional resolution per se. It actually kind of like dips her feet back into the fire of all the things that are bothering her. But I like that Hannah's doing something that she likes and that she's comfortable with and it's inherent to her skin, her skills and kind of just takes her away from like worrying about a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend. Well, and I think this isn't a type of conversation she could have with her, her own mom. Right. Because there'd be, you know, like Ashley would know too much about the situation and, you know, be too involved. Like she, she can kind of, you know, not worry about, you know, the, the motherly, uh, intuition and whatnot here well in the last we saw ashley on the matters of you know affairs of the heart she was like jordan 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 mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah you've married byron before and she's like hemming ellis dress right. here and ellis says true it makes no logical sense but when he walks into room it's like i'm 19 again god help me like seriously is, is it the unbuttoned top button is that what's doing it for you ella it's it's the way he eats a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And says, well, I think it's fate. People who are meant to be together take a break and then find their way back to their first love. What's more romantic than that? Hashtag Halo Halo. shippers. Yeah. Hashtag Halo. Hashtag but none for Toby. <laughs> Ella gets a look like she knows exactly what's going on here. Yeah. And just like her daughter, she's about to shut it down. And she says, oh, Byron wasn't my first love. His name was Ricky Eichler. He played the drums and had green eyes that you could drown in. And he was sexy and badass. And I thought we'd be together forever. Well, Hannah's like, oh, shit. Arya's mom just explained to me and the shippers how life and love and five <laughs> years forward works. Well, Hannah's like, what happened to him? And I was like, who knows? We graduated and we grew up. And he's Arya's Boom. dad. He's like, drove the knife right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Hannah's phone rings, and we see this Jordan, and she makes some Hannah face and ignores it. And she's like, I'll call him back. And she goes back to Ella's dress, but then, like, at the next ring, she kind of smiles a little, like, oh, maybe she misses him right now. Mm. So we're going to go to the brew. See, Allie, it's outside the brew. Allie's at a table, 
She's looking at that text that she got from A on her phone there. Looking at the real text on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then we get a nice shot kind of looking over the table at Allie. She's kind of over on the right side as she starts texting back. And we see she writes, Sarah, is that you? And just then, like, a shadow crosses over the whole table. And she kind of, like, you know, like raises her eyes like, what? You know, just as she sends a text. Mm-hmm. And then the camera just pulls back and, oh, it's Rollins there. And also, like, the score just did, like, you know, like, oh, shit. Like, you know, be scared, be alarmed. Something scary just happened. Oh, it's Rollins. A cat ran over the piano's keys. Yeah, he's just standing there being creepy. And he says, is that message for me? Is that message for me? I mean, they're just just fucking with us right now, right? Yeah. He comes around and sits at the table. And he's just like, how long are you going to avoid me? And she's like, I'm not avoiding you. I'm trying. And he's like, Allison. I will give you as much space as you need. I just don't want to be pushed away because you feel unnecessary guilt. And that's <laughs> like, where I would be like, fuck you. You don't know what it's like in my head. Well, he's just like, Allison, I will give you as much space as I need. This is a lie. I'm about to ask you to get married out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, oh, or I guess you're the arbiter of necessary guilt. Like, you yeah. can tell people what's necessary and what's I, not. Like, what other emotions of mine are valid? Hmm. Like I said, you know, if I were to be in a relationship with somebody in, in this industry, the therapy, mental health industry, I would be a little bit worried at times. Like, are, are, am, I, am I being like head shrunk? Mm-hmm. And it's maybe not a bad thing. And it's what people do to each other every day on a casual level. But it's like... He is doing it blatantly <laughs> to her continuously. Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of things. And then mm-hmm. he says, one of the creepiest things ever, he says, is there any way you can look at me and not see your sister? I'm here, Allison. I'm alive. And I love you. And your sister's well, dead. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And she smiles at him, which is just like, boo. Like, what a fucking creepy thing to say. Like. I, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking of my sister when I looked at you before, but well, now that you've made that weird parallel, for yeah. some reason. She smiles, and she's happy, and she's hopeful, and she's just glowing, and she looks lovely, and it makes me feel bad for her, and it makes me feel bad for her in a way that I've never felt bad for Allison before, <laughs> and it makes me dislike her, because I feel bad for her in this moment. Um, well, and it's like he's he's taking Allie's guilt and he's like making it all about him like oh this is all because of me and not about your relationship with your sister at all you know and it's like did you just hear how we described Ezra and somehow we still hate Rollins more yeah Yeah. and then he says uh, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you and Allie's just like what the fuck we just barely started dating even Arya would be creeped out right now no unfortunately she says what are you saying and he takes her hand he's trying to do some hashtag hand stuff it's it's not working. No. And he says, exactly what you think I said. Which is, no, no, sorry, you gotta say it. You know, get away with that. Uh, she smiles and she's happy and she's lovely. And, you know, I've 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 mentally dabbled in it before. I've pondered it. I've 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 given I've dipped my toe in the, the water. This is the first time that I was ever like really super duper Emerson. <laughs> I would be so Emerson over this. Hardcore. Well, and, I mean, we knew they had to get married because of the six ten yeah. final scene. But like, because this is fate. just like, did Allie get body snatched? Like, I, I can, I, I, I feel like you, you have to read this as like this guy has somehow like psychologically manipulated her, her into this. He's clearly evil. Like, why else does he exist? Like, you can't just have some like random creepy asshole come out of nowhere and like be the love of Allie's life. Like, 
the only reason it makes sense is that if he's the killer or A or something like that, it, it doesn't make sense any other way. I can only assume he's hush hush sweet Allison and her. I wondered, like, though, if we go back and look at everything at 6B, will, like, a lot of their one on one scenes involve him handing her a drink or, you know mm. what I mean? Like, something oh, that yeah. could be drugged. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, but I just, like, you know, I'm trying to understand it. <laughs> Seriously. And somehow that makes more sense to me. So, in Spencer's kitchen, uh, Spencer comes in and there's Veronica and Melissa just sitting on the island having a chat, which you know will be good for everybody. And Veronica's just like, I mean, Gil says that, blah, blah, blah. And Spencer comes in and she hugs her mom. And Spencer says, Hey, I want to say congratulations, but by the time we got home, you were already asleep. And Veronica's like, Oh, it was an exhausting day. Well, so Spencer- Melissa's here. Just, yeah. just being Melissa. Yeah, just being Melissa, just staring at Spencer, mm-hmm. which, you know. That's always good. Plus, you can tell something's wrong. Just maybe it's the vibe of any room Melissa's in. And, and she's the, like, the massive bitch face that Melissa's giving her. Melissa's like, what's wrong? And Veronica's like, apparently, while I was recording the speech, a story came out intended to crush my opponent. And Spencer's like, well, that's politics. Life in the NFL. Some days you're the pigeon. Some days you're the statue. Which is so astute. And if I was a politician, I would want Spencer on my team for a lot of reasons, but especially to boil things down to that analogy. But <laughs> To add some perspective, Melissa says, don't be glib. This could destroy all the goodwill mom just earned. Yeah, so Melissa has a necklace with a feather on it. Hmm. Melissaria? (laughs) Spencer says, how? Why would anything about Christine Phillips affect mom's speech? And Melissa says, it's not about Christine. It's about her daughter. Spencer's like, Yvonne? Why? What did she do? Well, Veronica had his face like, get this (laughs) well you know veronica just she looks over at melissa and i kind of wonder if they planned this all out beforehand to try to get a read on spencer together because they both know what she's capable of this is like there's like let's let's just see how spencer reacts when we bring it up you know this is like every hastings thing it's one of them it's like hastings a talking to hastings b about like Here's what we're going to do when Hastings <laughs> C comes home, and we're going to watch them and see how they react. Imagine what Christmas morning is like in this fucking house when they're I, not having like orgies with their I think it's a metaphorically Christmas morning for us. Uh, <laughs> Melissa says she got rid of an unwanted pregnancy in high school because you still can't say abortion on TV for some reason. Yeah. And Spencer seems like legit shocked by well, this. Wait, it's funny when you think about this coming from Melissa, who had like a fake pregnancy for <laughs> season two. Yeah. Veronica says, and someone was able to dredge up a medical report, which is more than just a little embarrassing when you're running on a pro-life platform. Uh, Veronica, you're a Democrat. You need to say anti-choice there. And uh, Spencer says, oh, my God. And Veronica says, yeah, it gets worse. The Phillips camp believes the leak came out of our office. There's a full-on investigation underway. And Melissa just kind of turns to Spencer and like gives her some eyebrows. She says, any idea who could have put that out there? So let's be real. Uh, the campaign would not investigate this very hard. They would just Spencer, be like, hard denial, proven. Plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that the name of this game that we've already established? Uh, Spencer gives the greatest, like, unexpected double take. Like, the first look is like, huh? And then like, huh? <laughs> um, it's kind of hilarious if you try to think of the world where Yvonne is Bristol Palin and Toby is that Levi kid. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh. <laughs> that fits actually that 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 really fits <laughs> it fits a little too well mm-hmm. um you want to throw that glass slipper away it fits too well so well, you know melissa right now is just thinking this is why i'm the favorite one yeah so after the commercial 
If we're out in the woods and it's the middle of the night, it must be Emily. Uh, Emily is surrounded by a constant field of like cracking twigs and creepy birds. Yeah. It just, just, just a general murder vibe. Mm-hmm. Emily's like walking through the woods up to an abandoned diner while leaving her friend a voicemail. Only the neon red diner sign is lit, and this place is 100% Sam Marlott's bar. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like uh, nobody's visited this place in like a year or something. Like it, there's like just leaves on the uh, like under the overhangs and whatnot. You know, I mean, this place like like nobody comes here. Can I just say, Aria, I told you not to do that thing. I told you not to do. But <laughs> Bill. Suck it. Who? So, oh, Arya. Well, who? I'm trying. The to answer say, to your question is Arya. Arya is Suki. No, I was gonna say, ah, uh, who is the Bill and who is the Eric? Really, is Ezra Bill? Then who would be Eric? Uh, I don't know. If we, we don't have an Eric on is, PLL. Is, we don't have the Spike is, character. Is Toby Bill and Caleb is Eric? I mean, it's closer, but I, I don't think that there is a true uh, Eric on PLL the well, same way there isn't like a true Spike. Because I'm me and my brain is clearly damaged. Mm. I'm now thinking of my favorite True Blood scene, but with Toby mm. and Caleb. Oh, it still works. Yeah, it's it's the new me. You like it, sport? I do, Caleb. Very <laughs> much so, indeed. Well, at least leaving this message, it's like I had a drink with Damien, and all I could get out of him was that Melissa was definitely back before Charlotte was released. She could have made that call from the diner. Uh, this is the Two Crows diner, by the way. You kind of barely see it on the sign there. Yeah. Um, so it definitely seems like Damien's focusing on Melissa here, at least. If that's what she got out of him. Well, like, is this the end of Damien? I mean, I, like, we, we don't hope. get to see Emily, like, dress him down. Mm-hmm. I, I think she just murdered him and hid the body somewhere. She didn't want to leave that in voicemail. Yeah. Uh, and so Emily says, okay, this place is either really unpopular or really closed. Hannah, call me back. The reception out here sucks, but keep trying. Oh, and send me some wedding pictures. <laughs> and she's just walking to her doom once more, alone in the woods at night. Send I me mean, some wedding pictures. I like how brave and brazen Emily is, and like she's un- unhindered in these things. But seriously, <laughs> given your history, I don't want to go there. And I have was it been, like put in the dollhouse for a month? Was it like a really fast sunset? You know, where it's like, oh, it's daytime. I'm just following my directions. Oh shit! Suddenly it's night. <laughs> I, she should be packing her dad's gun. Honestly, yeah. Um, so Emily tries the door. That'd be out. awesome if, like, you're almost waiting for that this half season for one of them to like be carrying heat or something, where they finally get in danger and like Spencer just pulls out a gun. Well, yeah, I mean, so obviously, uh, you know, Emily was shooting the gun uh, in, in Songs of Menace, Songs of Experience. But it's funny is prior to that, it's well, Arya had a shotgun. I take that back. Arya had a shotgun, mm-hmm. and Hannah had the gun on the rooftop in New York. Like, mm-hmm. take out that mask now. It's funny is that Spencer really hasn't had like a good weapon. Spencer, Dude, the Hastings do own a gun though. Peter Hastings does. That's true. Yeah. Um. So Emily goes up there. She tries the door handle. It doesn't open. She kind of walks around the side, looking in the window. Oh, it's like, oh no, shit! It didn't open. And then suddenly, the thing that you never thought would make an appearance on PLL, a monster truck comes to life behind her and drives. Not around. really a monster truck. It's like a Bronco. Yeah, I like to think it's monster truck. Emily's just like, oh, that no big. Um. And then well, the as, thing, as, it's um, it's brights are on. It's got like the uh, the like crash bumper on it. It's got a the bar of lights up top. Uh, it also is making noises that I saw described online variously as an airplane, a speeder bike, a lightsaber, a chainsaw. 
<laughs> like this thing makes weird noises. I weird wrote, revving engine noises. I wrote down that it sounds like the helicopter from Airwolf. Mm-hmm. Um, there you as go. I saw Crystal on Twitter said, Ellie's about to find herself in a kind of sort of version of Spielberg's duel, but like where the truck can never actually get near her. <laughs> so so Ellie keeps like looking inside this place. She kind of sees like a shadow pass in one of the inner rooms, like maybe someone's there. And then the truck comes like rolling back around and now Ellie's Although, like but we skipped over it drives at her once and then kind of like swerves away. And just goes around a corner, like, oh, that but, was weird. Yeah, she she's she has no reaction at all. Like, maybe she just thought the the truck was just happening to drive that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it comes back around again, yeah. does the same thing all over again. Yeah, so she's like, <gasps> you know, engines revving. She starts like, banging the door. Hello, is anybody in there? Hello. Truck passes. Emily goes, and she hides behind the corner of like one of those like freight container things that you'd it's, see in docks. It's a big metal container box. Yeah, and she kind of ducks behind it. And she's panting. She's freaked out. She's leaning against this box. Um, I guess the thing about this is I, the intent of this SUV is not to actually hit her. And so it's like uh, people are like, oh, you like, you know, that wasn't it didn't look like it was even closer. I, I think it's not supposed to really. It's just like no, scary. It's, scare it's trying to scare Emily. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's basically just like driving in circles. It just keeps turning around and like revving at her again. But I mean, I would make the argument that it's doing a good job scaring her and that it's only ever once like coming near her. I guess the the critique you'd, you might say is that maybe it's not scaring the audience enough at this point. Yeah, yeah. But it's not it's not like attempted murder. Yeah. What it's after. Um, so meanwhile, in the romantic comedy called Byron Ella's Wedding, we're in what I it took me a while to realize was Arya's backyard. Um, there's lights everywhere. Uh, it's like we're really looking at a trailer for like a, I don't know, like a 500 Days of Summer sequel or parody or both. Um, there's there's ma- a little like a thing that they're under, not really a gazebo, and like an archway that they put up with like some lots, flowers and lights and shit. Lots of lights. Maybe 30 people in attendance, including catering staff. Well, a bunch of fucking randos. Yeah. In the in the and then in the back is Hannah just like chilling in like this skin tight leather crop top. Like just this, like uh, standing around awkwardly. Midriff bared, yeah, like sexy black, like leather torture outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ari's about to officiate. She's standing on something, so she's a little bit taller. And I just thought, wouldn't it be funny if there was like an edit where Arya like talks like the uh, the uh, the priest from Princess okay. Bride? Mowids. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Arya looks like she's dressed in like doll lingerie or something. Um, <laughs> Uh, chic doll Andre. So she's. This scene's all about the bokeh, by the way. A lot is, of a lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah, she is going to start her speech in the most ironic way possible. She says, "Who are we when we're alone? And who are we when we're with this other person? Are we really ready to be with another person before we truly know ourselves?" And I think she's talking about her dissociative self right now, which also has resonance for Hannah as she listens. And Barney and I are standing there just eating this shit up and. Arya's like, my parents have answered these questions. Yeah. They know exactly who they are and what they want. And As failing it, to achieve that, they settled on each other. Again. Hoping that at least someone else will be there in their old age if they stop breathing in their sleep. This is better than dying alone, apparently. She mm-hmm. says, as individuals, each of them is loving, wise, and sensitive. Together, they're more. They're inspiring. So here they are together again, making a new commitment to be there for the best week ever and the worst week ever, which sometimes happens in the same week. Byron. Well, we get a we get a lot of Byron Ellis smiling at each other. Hannah is kind of like, you know, like, ooh, maybe rethinking her Jordan situation now. Like, 
you know, what what do I really think about my setup? And yeah, now it's uh, time to get down to business here. Byron? Do you think Byronella like regret letting Arya do the service yet? I feel like Ella's like I had vows written. Did you have vows <laughs> written? And Byron's like, yeah. But as we were up there, I realized I made some kind of crack about her being a writer, and I think Arya thought that meant you do all of the speaking. <laughs> She wrote a fucking speech up there. Uh, she says, Byron, Ella, do you promise to love, comfort, and honor each other for the rest of your lives? Um, you know, and they're both at the same time like, we do. <laughs> Ella's very giggly. Byron's trying to play it chill. And then she's like, then I now pronounce you husband and wife. Dad, you make his mom. But remember, you're doing it in front of your daughter. Byron gives Arya the most like libidinous smile here. Like, girl, how do you think you got here? Like, it's, he just, ugh. Like, you don't smile at your daughter like that. <laughs> and they kiss in front of Arya, and the cl- crowd claps. And then uh, they they kind of, from Arya's POV, Byron and Ella pull apart. And then, oh, but in the back of the crowd, there's Liam standing it's there. It's just like the elevator doors closing, you guys. It's perfect. Um, yeah, so we see them from one angle. He's just a boy. Yeah. Standing in front of a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Asking her if she really fucked her high school English teacher. Uh, so it, just him showing up means that she won, basically, right? Yeah, he's just a boy standing in front of a, a porcine demigod from hell <laughs> and the uh, human avatar <laughs> that it controls. Um, so back at the Murder Woods Bar and Grill, uh, Emily's taking a chance. She heads out from behind the building. She was she was hiding behind, and she's like trying her phone again. It's beeping, and then. The truck returns with, like, sci-fi engine revving up. Well, it's like somehow this thing, like, goes totally quiet between, like, like driving, you know? It's like, it keeps on just going around the fucking corner. And yeah. he's like, oh, maybe it's gone out. No, no, it's back again. Oh, shit. Yeah, it, like, comes back out of stealth mode. Uh, <laughs> and she takes off running. She trips on nothing halfway through, falls forward, grunts. She rolls out of the way as the truck comes close, and it drives right over her phone and crushes well, it. Well, it swerves at the last minute. To not run over her, but to run over her phone, basically. Yeah, yeah. So she gets up. She goes running again back to that storage thing she was hiding behind. There's a ladder there. She starts climbing on top of it. The truck is, like, stopped just ahead of her, like, facing the, away from her. The like, ladder is built into the side of the metal container. Yeah, yeah. So she just climbs up on top of it and, without really thinking, just grabs this uh, metal rod that's on top of it, getting her fingerprints all over it. Oh, hey, it's it's hollow and, and metal and rectangular. And bent in the middle, and apparently made out of adamantium because you can kill someone with it. It and is, it is without a doubt, like the uh, the suitcase thing. Like, yeah, like yeah. And then she looks at it like, oh shit! I just realized what this was. I thought I put my fingerprints all over it. Uh, and the SUV is just like revving about a hundred feet away, like pointing the other direction right now. And then we hear Caleb say, kind of you know, overlaid. It can't be Mona. It can't be Mona. And then we're gonna cut to Caleb and Spencer here in the in the, in the yeah, bar. The- the love nest they're uh they're they're hashing this out on the couch and she's like you don't know that and he's like i do i made it clear if she messes with this family she's gonna be back underground breathing through a straw he basically he's saying actually toss toss that off that's a little well he says what <laughs> she won't do it because i threatened her mm-hmm. um and suspenser's like okay so what you think sarah harvey did this and before he can answer the door opens and veronica walks in she is hard edge sass like walking on purpose mm-hmm She's she's about to like walk into a burning building and light it on fire some more. Yeah, she says, forgive the intrusion, but I just got off the phone with Gil. Spence is like, what did he say? 
And Rock says, maybe you should come inside. And Spencer says, I am inside. What did he say? Well, she, she, her and Caleb share this look because like, I think Spencer's picked up on come away from Caleb and Spencer's just. Like, well, so, no. Does Veronica not realize they're boning? I think she's. I think she was aware of it before Spencer was aware of it. Is she? Because the way this plays out, it doesn't seem like she totally is. Um, so, yeah. What it, you know, Spencer is inside. What did he say? Veronica says, Christine Phillips hired an expert who traced the, tracked the source of the leak. Spencer's like, what is going on? And Veronica says, it was traced back to your IP address, Spencer. Which I guess like through email. I guess that's sort of plausible. Also mm-hmm. easily fakeable. Mm-hmm. Spencer says, what? That doesn't make any sense. I haven't touched this laptop all day. I was with Caleb watching your speech on his computer at the brew. And Veronica says, Spencer, please don't lie to me. You must have hacked into their system. That's how you knew about my diagnosis. This is a usual spot for Spencer, though, unfortunately, having to defend herself to her own parents. Mm -hmm. And Spencer's like, no, mom, that's not how I knew. And Caleb's just like, no, I'm sorry. No, she didn't do it. I did it. Spencer's like stunned. Like, oh, Caleb's taking a bullet for her. I leaked it. Veronica says, is that true? And Spencer says, Caleb, why are you saying this? And Veronica says, do you understand what this means? And Caleb's like, they were prepared to do the same to you. I sometimes need to make a preemptive strike. And Veronica says, that wasn't your call to make. So, like, does she actually think Caleb did this? Yeah, it seems that way. And not just convenient. This is why I think she doesn't realize they're doing it. Because otherwise, it's like, okay, look, uh, you're sticking up for your girl. Like, you know, don't bullshit me. Mm. Well, the difference between Caleb and Toby is Caleb is capable. Yeah. Toby, I don't think Toby would ever even attempt to, like, take the blame for something like that either. Honestly, I don't know how to turn my computer on. He he would be on Veronica's side and just, like, giving her judgy looks. Uh, Just imagine the the cold comfort Toby's offering over in the Phillips household. <laughs> um, and so Spencer's like, mom, like, he didn't. I'm really it. sorry, Yvonne. I didn't realize you were a slut. Oh, Toby, none for you. <laughs> um, Spencer's just like, mom, he didn't do this. And Veronica just like flashes a look of fury at her daughter. And she says to Caleb, well, you'll need to resign from this campaign immediately. And Spencer's like, mom. And Veronica's like, and it would be wise for you to gather your things and leave here tonight Veronica <laughs> barges out like looking hurt and angry and especially with Caleb like trying to process all this yeah I uh, really want Caleb to be like Mrs. Hastings do you honestly believe that a pro hacker like me would leave breadcrumbs back to Spencer's computer but yeah, he's I gonna mean, take the fall I this it kind of smacks a little bit of like we need to separate them yeah so that, so that she'll have to turn to Toby at some point beginning of the end of Spalob um, so meanwhile, out in the murder woods, Emily's like still hiding on top of that thing. She's down low, clutching on that suitcase thing, watching the truck. It's still got its like truck engine revving, and then it, it drives off. But she waits no time at all, starts climbing down the ladder. Well, it dr- the- it drives around the corner. She still hasn't figured out yet that like there's just a little loop there. It's yeah. just gonna come around again. Yeah. So she's she's coming down. The truck returns, engine revving. The truck starts like driving right at her. She's like, oh shit! She starts climbing up the ladder thing. She gets to the top. It drives right into the thing like well, this it. this one is a pretty close call like she barely like gets up over onto it and the it plows right into the thing not very hard it kind of breaks at the last minute but it, you know there was some sort of danger there and it she's you know, jostled by the the hit to the container and she drops a metal rod onto the ground yeah um 
So she like she's she's still cleaning the thing on top. She's like staring forward. Off screen, we hear the truck doors open. So we can assume that whoever it is got out, grabbed the murder weapon, and they shut the door behind themselves. The way it's 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 filmed, to me, it looks like Emily would have just laid eyes on this person. Well, no, because she's backed up a little. Like after she gets back up on top, she kind of backs away and like really crouches down, like lying low on top mm-hmm. of the metal thing. So she doesn't really see what was happening there for a sec. And then when she finally like peeks again, it's like, oh, now they're driving away. And oh, that metal rod is gone. Yeah, she this checks the ground again. Person obviously just got out and stole it. Nice work, uh, Emily. <laughs> so back at what well, was let's, the... Let's <laughs> break this down a little. So what do we know okay. here? Um, we've already had one red herring about the murder weapon. So I'm going to assume that this is, in fact, the murder weapon and that it, and that it did come from Melissa's luggage. Right. Does that sound pretty solid? I solid enough just because there's, I don't feel like there's time for another murder weapon to pop up this half season. Yeah. Well, and I, it's like, what did it come from? Somebody else's luggage who's also broke? Like, Can I feel you like... trace these back to luggage things other than having like Melissa's broken other suitcase? I think just for, you'd need the other one. Um, so Melissa's not dumb, right. so she wouldn't use part of her suitcase to kill someone. I think it's pretty obvious that somebody set her up. Right. Uh, this SUV person seemed to know that this was here. Like, I feel like the whole purpose of this happening was to get Emily to find that and get her prints on it mm-hmm. and then take it away. Right? Yeah. This yeah. doesn't feel like A here. This feels like the killer. The killer would know where the two crows was. The killer would know how to put the murder weapon there. Also, uh, I believe that we're going to find that Emily's made these same connections. Yeah. yeah. Well, because New A is a dunce. They thought that the golf club was a murder weapon. Oh. I wonder, did they really... I, who knows? I mean, that That's the other question of maybe A and the killer are actually in on it together and just fucking with them and like playing dumb. Um, Damien theoretically knew Emily was coming here, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how he would know about the two crows. At the very least, he, he could just, have followed her. He just knew that Melissa. I mean, yeah, he could have followed her. Um, He just, I mean, presumably he gave her information about Melissa which, if he knew where her mindset was at, he would know that she had learned about this from Allison before. Well, and she might have dropped it in conversation. Like, he might have gotten that out of her, you know. Maybe. But let's, I mean, let's face it. Melissa, or uh, Emily's not here looking for general clues. She's looking for clues to tie this to Melissa. Yeah. And my last point on this is that if Rollins is the one of the twin, I'm going to throw something. Would you beat him to death a part of your suitcase? I absolutely would. Uh, so back at the wedding, the helper picking up the chairs here now, tearing the place down. Liam and Arya are uh, just sitting together in some chairs. Arya's got a tall glass of champagne there. Mm-hmm. And Liam says, so where are they going for their honeymoon? And Arya says, Atlantic City. My mom had a group on. <laughs> and she just drinks her booze and he, he kind of like raised her eyebrows at her. And she's like, I'm joking. And they laughed. Arya's jokes are so weird. Like, <laughs> she's just the queen of non-sequiturs now. I love it. And she says, it's some dumping little motel on the Jersey Shore where they spent a wild college weekend. This is even weirder in a way. You know, like, you just call their honeymoon dumpy. <laughs> but it's 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 interesting, the constant references to when Byron and Ella were young. Mm-hmm. And it's like, somehow, they were alive then. Yeah. Now they're not, and all they can hope to do is, like, as their days wind away, is be with somebody who at least remembers what it was like to be 
when it was good. Yeah, and so Arya just described their honeymoon as dumpy, and Liam's just like, sweet. Because what else do you say to that? Also, Jersey Shore. I know. Barf. Well, like, Arya's own delivery is just like, this place is gross, you know? (laughs) Uh, So she puts her drinks down, and she says, thanks for coming. I mean, I've never never more preferred that something was in Atlantic City (laughs) than I do now. And Atlantic City is vile. Yeah, and so uh, Liam says, oh, I'm glad I did you know, come that is, uh He says, it was helpful to hear what your thoughts are on true love and commitment. It's like, hey, love. don't be Ooh, shitty, love. Liam. Yeah. But he's kind of like, oh, now I know what your thoughts are. Like, hey, shut, shut up. And Ari says, I am so sorry I wasn't completely honest about my history with Ezra. And he says, okay, why did you hold back? I feel like you should be more concerned, Liam, that there's a fucking predator walking around talking about how he, he, you know, banged his girlfriend. It's no big deal. It's interesting because you see this a lot, I think, with guys who, who, you know, when you start to tell someone, you're like, you start to tell someone about your past and, you know, the guy hears that his lady uh, or somebody in the relationship, you know, hears that, you know, their partner had a situation like this. You go through those phases where you're, you're angry. You're angry about this thing that happened in the past. You're angry that this happened to this person, you know? And then as you're doing it, I think you're, you're, you're seeing them more completely, you know, for good or good, bad. You're seeing the ways that they've changed. Maybe the, the, their strength comes from this in a way or whatever, how they've suffered because of this. He's not, really taking that tack you're right he's not like we should call the cops on ezra well, i feel like he should be on a list he should not want aria around ezra not because he doesn't trust her or anything like that but just like you don't you don't want anyone that you care about around this dude you know i just i just want liam to like lob off his own joke which is just like oh so when ezra moves into a new neighborhood he has to go door to door and tell mm-hmm. people he lives there now yeah yeah, and so Arya says, I guess, or she's kind of at a loss for words of why why she held back. She says, I guess I still wasn't being completely honest with myself. It's been, it's been confusing. Now, I'd like to think that Arya's coming to grips with how Ezra manipulated her when she wasn't really, you know, ready to consent to an authority figure. But I think what they're actually getting at here is she's just kind of like ruminating on her first love. Yeah. I, th- I think that's probably more the intent. Uh, afraid so liam says it was pretty clear on the page if he's the one you're writing about and he's like i wasn't or maybe i was i don't know <laughs> it's like fuck my life writing those words maybe it gave me a chance to work it out it's like uh work out the abuse is that what you mean oh no you're just pining for the old for the old dude uh and liam says and have you and she kind of maybe smiles a little nod she says i think so and this this very much pleases him now. He's like, how does it end? Well, and then and then you cut to the edit where we had that shot of Ezra being led away in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she smiles. She's whispering. She says, I didn't know until right now. And they kiss and make out. He's relieved. He's definitely a. Um, yeah, so like, you know, obviously it's she's not talking about the past in the way we want her to but or is she i mean i don't know i guess <sighs> oh you know hey the author is dead we can interpret it the way we want there's that but uh i love the way lucy hell handles the scene though where like you really are on kind of the edge of your seat about <laughs> what she means she plays it so so loose so close i like that it's it's all her mm-hmm. you know like, all of this belongs to her 
and he's just there to try to figure her out, which good luck. Um, at Lucas's loft, uh, Hannah comes home. We see some Lucas's posters there, including the awesome one. It's like the, uh, the mashup of the Lolita poster, which I don't think Lucas is cool enough to have. But I, I first noticed on Twitter when like my girls went tweet about it a long time ago. Uh, again, praising the work of the set design crew and William DeBiasio. Um, I just don't think Lucas would have this. I don't think he's that cool. There's a weird aesthetic. I think maybe Lucas pays a designer, right? Like he has just like make my shit look cool. Yeah, yeah, I I could see, I could see that. I mean, there is some like uh, like comic book art, like pencil art, like framed on walls in there. Now that is Lucas. Mm -hmm. I feel like Lucas is an even more socially stunted version of Samuel Jackson in Unbreakable. What if Lucas has a twin? Like the the twin was the one who was like competent enough to like become a billionaire. (laughs) <laughs> remember lucas was just like grades are for suckers man and it's like lighting his like report card on fire you mean, you mean dark coked out lucas <laughs> always sweaty and he well and grades you, are just the tool of the man you you brought up a great point the other day which was here's an asshole who's got like a you know this very home he's got a place in hong kong and mm-hmm. whatever he couldn't pay like uh melanie mayron for his photos three <laughs> He's yeah, like he couldn't afford your fucking negatives. Well, like, I remember, like, at 4 a.m. when he's, like, pounding on her, like, door to, like, get his pictures back. And it's like, asshole, it's 4 a.m. Nobody's here. Yeah, next Steve Jobs right there. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, the there's some music kicking in. And we the lyric is, uh, here we go again, back to the starting line. And she's putting shit take, away. Take apart this careful mask I've made. Yeah, she picks up a white veil and, and smiles, and she's looking in her reflection in the window, and she tries it on, takes a big breath. It's like she's kind of like, does this new identity work for me? You know, which I guess it does, because then she gets her phone, she calls Jordan, she says, hey, Jordan, sorry I haven't called you back. I've been in full wedding mode. Well, somebody else's. But for ours, I think I picked a date. How does May 17th sound to you? Okay, well, um, call me back. Oh, and I love you. And she smiles to herself. She's very proud of being the big girl here. She's, you know, she's over Hannah or over Caleb. I think. Well, is, I think I that's like that's what she's trying to feel like so. right now. Anyway, there's definitely you know? like a whole stew of emotions brewing there. Yeah, and then um, the, the lyric is, "Oh, never mind. I'll be fine." <laughs> that's an I, oddly uh, specific wedding date, which may be arbitrarily picked. I don't know. Um, I like the contrast of the white, like, you know, typical usual veil with like the black leather tunic mm-hmm. that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. Also, the like she should get the, married exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Uh in the the like window when she's, when she's looking at like that shot of like her reflection and everything, but you see a silhouette of a building across the street there as if this twisted universe is real. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um I know a lot of people are predicting that Jordan's just gonna be like, fuck off. Like, like, it's just like, oh, oh, you're ready to set a date now? Well, I'm ready to, to not. Mm-hmm. Which would be kind of funny. But I, I kind of think that's going to happen. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Bastard. Uh, so Spencer's love shack. Caleb's packing up his bag. Spencer's not pleased with this. She's just like, no, no, you're not leaving. Please just go in there and tell my mom the truth. Well, she's mm-hmm. crying. Her face is wet. It's like, he's not going off to fight in the Pacific, Spencer. Yeah, this is. Uh, he's well, going to the Radley, probably. Yeah, and this, you know, but at the same time, I can see where this is stressful for her, and he's she needs him Settle close. down, Spencer. Because when, when Spencer needs you close, she needs you close. Unfortunately, I'm so worried that Caleb is starting to, like, pull a Toby here. 
Mm. At least he's talking to her about it, not just disappearing. They could out. both just go get a room at the Radley right now. They absolutely could. Bounce, go, bounce, bounce. I mean, that would be pulling a Hannah. Uh, um, he's like, Spencer, she's two weeks out. This is the truth she needs to win. If there needs to be a scapegoat, let it be me, not you. <laughs> he's just like, I guess you could say, I'm the hero Rosewood needs, not the hero it deserves. <laughs> yeah, and then they definitely fuck. <laughs> and Spencer says, Caleb, it's Swear not. To me. And he's like, hey, I will figure out who did this. You need to find out what Melissa's been up to. I can only cover for one sister at a time. Essence of best boyfriend. Yeah, and so Spencer's kind of finally accepting it. And she says, where are you going to go? And it's like, Lucas is lost like everyone else. That'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll work it out. I guess he can't really go crash at Toby's family cabin anymore. Well, there's a little, always a little awkwardness. There's always Toby's trailer. Yeah, I don't think Toby's going to be down with that. Got room for one more, bro? I do not, you son <laughs> of a bitch. Maybe they will get out their sleeping bags and like lay in the bones of the unfinished house, staring up at the stars. No, Toby's fucking feelings. pissed at Caleb right now. There's no way. Well, quite frankly, at some point this season, Toby might even punch Caleb. Yeah, we all know why that's happening now. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, Spencer, she hugs him close and just whispering, she's like, I want you to stay. I know you do, but I can't. And she's just taking this all in. It's time for some goodbye smooches here. We get like a wide shot of the two of them. Nice symmetrical shot here. Uh, interesting, just the kind of visual here. She's in white. He's in black. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Could could we all be fooled by Essence of Best Boyfriend here? Are he's been saying... a little bit sinister lately, like threatening Mona. I don't take that too kindly. Are you saying Caleb with a capital A? Mm-hmm. Or what if Caleb has a twin? Veronica Hastings is going to be like, do you need to tell me something about Caleb? Is he not the person we've been led to believe? <laughs> exactly. I I would love to see evil Tyler Blackburn, who has like a Salvador Dali mustache for some reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, the loft. It maybe talks with like helium voice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Lucas is loft. Hannah's like changed clothes. She's like doing something when Emily comes in. Emily's Emily like, looks like, like a wreck. Like even her perfect hair is a little bit must right now. The only thing missing here is for Emily to have like leaves in her hair. <laughs> yes. Glass in her hair, perhaps. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> Emily, how was it? Not great. Uh, Hannah's like, what happened? What is it? Because she's just like shaking on the couch. She drops oh, her broken phone on the yeah, table. Yeah, she's like, what is that? What's left of my phone? <laughs> yeah. And uh, at least you can get a real iPhone now, Emily. Uh, Hannah comes over. She's very concerned. She's like, Emily, where were you? Did you go back to the tunnel? Did your car break down? And Emily's like, I couldn't even make it to my car. And when I did, I was shaking so much I could barely drive. And Hannah's like, Emily, were you attacked? Did Sarah Harvey come after you? And somewhere Sarah Harvey just hisses. And she says, I was, but it wasn't her. And Hannah's like, well, then who? And Emily's like, I don't know. Sarah Harvey wants this murder solved, and whoever did this, they want to cover it up. Ooh. And it's like, how do you know that? And Emily says, because they may have found the murder weapon. And it's like, what? And Emily says, and they were trying to kill me to get it back. And it's like, so what are you saying? There's now more than one person after us? And Emily, she's nodding. She's like, there's definitely two. And then they look right into the camera, and each of them winks at us. 
I'm, you know, I feel like we were on this train for a long time. Like everybody's like, of course there's a killer NNA, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not totally convinced anymore that they're not working together, though. Like, I feel like they could just be fucking with the liars right now by pretending to be working at cross purposes. Well, and I've, you know, I've seen more and more people online who've been like, I went out and watched Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I don't think that they're going to, like, crib from that movie exactly. The entire plot, yeah. Yeah, but if you did watch the movie, well, congrats. It's surprisingly a fantastically campy, wonderful, <laughs> like, southern gothic noir thriller. But, like, uh, the Joseph Cotton character especially really has to make you, like, side-eye Rollins even more. Um. Anyway, so Arya's living room. We're, we're outside at first. We see Arya and Liam on the couch making out inside. It's funny is that you always like look in an Arya's like opaque window mm-hmm. to like see like Jake shirtless or or the liars like I can shadow play like like there's Ezra or whatever. But uh, so we see the shadow pass over like heading towards the window. We know something bad's about to happen. They're on the couch and then there's a pounding on well, the can, door. Can I just say they they were making out at the wedding. Then they just came inside and and they're cuddling on the couch. Like I feel like, I don't, what are you guys doing? Like, whoa! Why, whoa, why don't you whoa. go to bed already? You know, Arya is not Spencer. I guess, yeah. Arya needs much... a lot of cuddling before she goes upstairs. I think Arya has a much different style. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. Spencer is like a wild animal at the also, zoo when there's no there's no more uh, zookeeper. Yeah, I don't know. They, they've got a bottle open and some red wine out. Like after champagne, that's no bueno. Tomorrow's gonna suck. Yeah. So they hear a loud knocking at the door, and Arya looks up, frowning. And Liam's just like, "Whoa!" And Arya's like, "Who is that monster?" monster. <laughs> Oh, it's the exact same inflection. It's perfect. And it's like more pounding. Narya flinches a little and Liam's just like, sure, someone paid the caterer? He's he's dry. I'm like, I'm not fully coming around to Liam. He's definitely dropped like the Muppet voice, which Rawls mm-hmm. has taken up and made more sinister. But uh there's like a I don't know I don't know if I'm like fully on his wavelength of humor, but I appreciate that it's there. Yeah. So Arya gets up to answer, and you know, I guess we'd say if this was Spencer, her dress would have at least been unzipped a little here. But no, she's she's still very prim proper. Open window. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, so it's Rollins and Allie at the door. He's got his arms on her shoulder, and she's kind of holding on to well, them. He's he's got his arms on her shoulders the way one. You know, when you're cute and you're tipsy and you're in love, mm-hmm. it's the way one would inf- affectionately hold a hostage at bay. Well, she she seems drunk. She she's seems beaming. His face looks as romantic as Norman fucking Bates right now. I would say he's he's probably drunk too, or at least putting on that. Affect. He's he's trying to put the effect on, but like every, like if you freeze frame any single frame, he looks like a killer. Well, it's because he has serial killer eyes. Yeah. Yeah, he has his, he, he has unsmiling eyes for sure. He's got like bedroom Patrick Bateman eyes. <laughs> yeah, they're she's like holding his hands over her shoulder. They're trying to do hand stuff. It's not working, and both at the same time they're like hi, and Ari's like hi, <laughs> you know what the fuck. And Ali says, "I told you it was too late. She was sleeping." And Rollins just like they weren't sleeping, and he points at Liam, like kind of points him out to Allie, like just kind of creepy. Yeah. And Allie's like, "Oh hi." And Liam kind of waves and stands up. He's like, Bob Hi. and Carol and Ted and fucking Alice here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Arya is just like, party's kind of over, guys. Translation, fuck right off. It's business time. 
And Rollins is he's God, he, he's so awful. But uh, this scene, I kind of like playful Allie here. I, I wish it wasn't with Rollins. Yeah. But it's better than like gloomy soccer mom Allie, I guess. Because because this is an Allison in which anything could happen. Like mm-hmm. that is not the Allison we've we've been seeing for like the past full season. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or it's just like um. Were you looking to basically like what the fuck you know go away like as strong as you can and Rollins is like get married and Allie giggles and he's like tonight Allison tells me you're now licensed and Arya's like the fuck you say and she stares at him for a minute and then like laughs and then like she's like wait you you want to get married like you're serious well as these two vampires are like nuzzling into each other yeah yeah, you want me to marry you to each other right now it's like we know Arya we know. And Rollins is like, is English her first language? Which Arya says, fuck you! Like, no, my first language is murder. Uh, Arya's like, oh, I-, I cannot do that. And Allie's like, why not? Your twinkle lights are still on in the backyard. And Rollins <laughs> says, and I have rings. And Arya's making these faces just like, oh, I don't want to do this. And Allie's just like, please, Arya, marry us. And Arya looks back at Liam, just like, it's like she's asking him, do I have to? <laughs> or what fresh hell is this? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I, I guess if they had to get married, he might as well have Arya do it in the middle of the night so Emily won't be there to stop it. I mean, my thing is that Allison and Rollins getting married is already surreal enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you added the shusher? Damn. Uh, so we get the A-tag. Uh, yeah. we're looking at like A's like, you know, workspace there. There's like a desk, like tons and wigs and stuff on it. Uh, this is funny just after seeing the, uh, Trey Davis wig model thing in another life. Well, you know, one of those wigs is short blonde hair. Uh-huh. Could possibly be like Sarah Harvey-ish. It's not oh. quite as blonde, but you, know, you never know. Oh. So again, thank you, Christine, for sharing <laughs> that with us. Um, there's also a bunch of combs and what have you. There's the same ugly glasses that I believe Uber A's been like wearing up like every disguise. Hmm. Um, there's like a user manual on there, the table there for like a universal remote. We uh, see the latex gloved hands like flipping through it, and then we pan over, and there's a slice of wedding cake from Byron and Ella's wedding. So I guess we can say that A was at the wedding. Also, Hannah was standing right by the cake. Is uh, mm. a detail we forgot to mention earlier. Not that I think Hannah cares about being Uber A, but I think she cares about that cake, though. That was a good cake, good looking cake. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the episode. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a twin. You got any twin theories? Uh, you know, I have like 10 characters that I wish had a twin just because of, you know, double up on their, uh, their, their screen time. I, I'm just, I just going to playfully go all in right now on, uh, on Sarah Harvey. I like it. Um, the popular one now is that Charlotte has a twin. Makes sense. Does it at all? Uh, no. <laughs> How does that make sense in any fucking way? No, it doesn't make sense. But what would be great is if anything, whether it be flashbacks or a twin, uh gets her back on the show yeah that's the that's the problem is that it's not just alan Allie and rollins's relationship it's a lot of charlotte five years forward it just feels so abrupt there wasn't time mm-hmm. to get into it yeah um so anyway uh next week is as i pull it up here burn this burn this uh written by mike goldsmith directed by arthur anderson it's the uh, return of three to go 
return of Tanner, and apparently a very emotional scene between Spencer and Toby. And also, I believe this was the one they filmed out of order, where they, after 617, they filmed 620, and then went back and filmed 618 and 619. Was it both 18 and 19? I thought it was just 18, or I thought it was just 19. Okay. Huh. Uh. Interesting. Yeah, and then they were kind of casual about, like, there's no real answer, I felt like, uh, uh, for why they did it that way. I can only assume it's because of, like, actor schedules. That would make the most sense to me. I wonder. I wonder who was available then and not later. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at broswatchpll2. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com if you want to leave a longer comment there. I've got a few reviews. wanted to thank Rosewood Spy, Sarah Holman, and Songbird1088. Uh, they left us nice reviews in iTunes. Thanks for that. Also from Germany, uh, Monty Hoppel. Thank you for leaving that review. I think that's our first in Germany. That's pretty cool. Um, guten Tag. I wanted to say hey to Alyssa, Alexandra, Andrew, Grace, Courtney, Raquel, Mary, Sophie, Sarah, and Monique for all either like saying hey in various ways or emailing, what have you. Um, some very interesting stuff. Do you want to talk about oh. our past weekend? Um, sure, a little. So, yeah, we uh, happened to go see a play mm-hmm. called The Last Match, starring Troy and Belisario, among other people. And Patrick J. Adams. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people playing Russians whose names I don't have in front of me right now. Because um, they were great. Um, I don't know how much to say about it, because I don't want to spoil anything, but at the same time, I realize most people probably won't see it, so I don't know. Um, I definitely enjoyed myself. I kind of... I don't know, what was your feeling on, like, the two lead, like, the lead guys? I kind of feel like they weren't presented textually as being as big as scumbags as they probably were, if you really thought about it. I think the thing is that they were fully fleshed out, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got their humor, but you also got at the heart of them. Um, like, uh, uh, Patrick Day Adams is fantastic i thought as tim porter like the superstar of tennis although i kept i kept wanting to say tim horton <laughs> well it almost it kind of feels like a different sport but it's just like this is the inner monologue of like your peyton manning type of person you know yeah just, um, your superstar and uh it's alex mickeyweeks as sergey sergey sergeyev and um oh i want to know the actress's name i know it's it's like natalia the actress who played his uh uh his girlfriend is fantastic too. I thought. I thought they were the ones who. I mean, obviously, I walked in not knowing them, uh, and so th- thus they were a huge surprise and how great they were. It, it's a play by uh, Anna Ziegler. It's I don't know. It's a fun play. I would be very curious to see it as a movie. Um, obviously, you'd have to do some some work there to kind of adapt that. But it's got a great like movie ending, you know. Um, yeah, I thought the. Um... God, why can't I find her name even on the press for this? The the Russian wife, it's like basically like the two dudes and like their their girlfriend slash wives. Mm-hmm. She had more of the laugh lines. Natalia like, Payne. In, oh, yeah, okay. Troyan had more of the, the meaty drama 
Yeah. Obviously, I mean, you know. But but because the the Russian characters had the laugh lines, I mean, like their whole Russian affect was a joke in itself. They were able to get out a very surprising, like emotional core. The uh, Patrick Adams stuff as like Tim Porter and this may or may not be his last go at the U.S. Open was interesting because in a lot of ways, I feel like you could also apply it to acting, you know, and being on the stage. Also, just the Old Globe, the way it's set up, because, I mean, I think we talked about, like, we were debating amongst ourselves how many people are actually in the theater. Like, maybe 250 people could fit in there. I mean, there was times because of the way that the set, or the thing is set up, and if you're listening, you should look it up online, look at some of the pictures. Like, there was times when we were, like, six feet away from actors. Yeah, they'd, they'd come up in kind of the wings, the stairs going up, and just, like, be sitting there. Yeah. Um, or, like, right over at the edge. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was very small, intimate production um yeah i i enjoyed myself i can't say i'm like a connoisseur of the theater so i can't give you a more critical take on anything but um but it's, it's it was, also it was entertaining and it's you know, a beautiful affecting. theater uh it's in balboa park i mean it's just, it's just gorgeous <laughs> so yeah i if you're in san diego in the next month <laughs> i would highly recommend if you can get tickets to go see it um it's just another way to appreciate you know actors that we've already appreciated the work of yeah, I just, I don't yeah. know, there's something about it where, like, the dudes were, like, they were really shitty, but it kind of just glossed over some of the stuff. Like, like that when the one guy just casually, like, yeah, and then I cheated on, you know, so-and-so. Well, And, and it's, like, never really brought up again. There's a, we were kind of talking about it too afterwards. There's a, I mean, I don't want to give away too many plot points or anything, but there was, you know, some of the stuff that Troy's character's going through. And then, uh, you know, which is stuff that's unique to to a woman. And mm-hmm. then there's like where like the Patrick D. Adams character is like, is he trying to make his separate thing like similar? I'm also going through this physical pain or whatever. Um, and it was like, I think we settled on. Well, he he definitely thinks it's the same. Or something. Yeah, he thinks it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to give away too much more, but um, good stuff. I would be interested to have a conversation with somebody else who is not or ha- who has, you know, witnesses, too, because. There's some some spoiler stuff I don't want to get into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was it was highly enjoyable, highly enjoyable night at the theater. Um, that's it for us. We are hoping to maybe have a little something special for you at the start of the week. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Until then, uh, we'll be back next time for Burn This. See you then. Bye bye. Bye.